to episode 38 of the Varangian Heresy podcast. My name is Jody, uh, your host this evening, and with me as always are two of the most beautiful men in the heresy here in Sweden. There is uh, the man, the legend, he is our, our bookkeeper, our knowledge broker, and he's the only one with the iPad nearby, so he'll answer all the questions this evening. It's Christopher, how you doing, brother? Yeah, it's <laughs> summer. It's summer and it's light almost day around so you can't sleep so guess how the fuck it is uh, you can all, you can always sleep for fuck's sake no you can't it's too light too bright uh. so ha- hashtag first world Swedish problems is what you're saying yeah exactly other, yeah. other than that it's well quite alright it's summer I got good. nothing to do yeah Fair How enough. Are you? I'm good, thanks, man. I'm good. I, I I am just very happy we're recording this evening. This is this is the highlight of my day, which probably has a lot to say. Um, anyway, you so, poor thing. Yes, it's true. <laughs> it's so true. And of course, on the uh, the other side of this trifecta of awesome that is the Virgin Heresy podcast, there is the man himself. He sits atop the throne of 30k here in Sweden. The man, the legend, the misdemeanor. The hasn't been prosecuted in the last few days, so we're not sure what's going wrong. It's uh, Mr. Freddy. How are you, good sir? Uh, I'm stressed, fucking tired, uh, but I'm all right because I'm in my laundry. You're in your you're in your man cave, your laundry, man, laundry cave, crazy, surrounded by uh, panties and bras and uh, kids' pyjamas and little and most Star of them Wars are his. undies. Most of them are mine. Exactly. <laughs> I was going to say it was sounding good until the kids' pyjamas thing came up, and then yeah <laughs> then it was just got too weird um anyway so everybody's doing good yes it's summer in sweden the the sun just seems to forget to actually fuck off and go to sleep for a while uh, so you know the beer is flowing the sp- the spiced doth flow or the beer in this case yeah and the barbecue is out and working and you know it's fuck it's, yeah it's it's one of the best times in Sweden. You know, the sun's out. It's not dark all day, and you know. To be fair, it's the usual Swedish, the really typical Swedish thing. It was nice for a day or two, and now people are starting to complain that it's been warm for more than a week. How if it's been more warm for, uh, warmer than that, than half an hour with sun out in the UK? People start declaring some sort of apocalypse, and they've banned hose pipes two weeks beforehand. So this this is you know this is this is bliss. <laughs> This is just, there's no crazy over here. There's no complaining compared to the UK. Uh, hi to all our UK listeners, by the way. <laughs> and bye to all our UK listeners <laughs> after that comment. They know who they are. Yeah, they both of them do. Uh, and yeah, we thank you for your service. Uh, so tonight, it is our listener episode. We've been promising this for a little while now. So we're going to be spending all our time showing you the love that you deserve and we have some fun stuff in store for you tonight. We are going to be doing our usual chat about what we've been up to in the hobby. We're going to be talking about new stuff that has come out from the Forge. But more imp- most importantly, we're going to be chatting about what you guys have sent in to us. We've got a couple of lists to review. Uh, we have some questions from Instagram uh, on both mine and our podcast account, which are um, interesting. 
Um, let's just say they've been vetted before we put them on air for, for a couple of them. And um, yeah, we got a little bit of a little bit of fun uh, this evening. And we've also got a uh, one of our listeners who got in touch with us, lovely guy called AJ, and we talk all about the heresy scene over in Victoria, British Columbia. So um, yeah, we're going to have a good episode for you this evening. Um, I think it's fair to say that we start with the hobbying. So, Chris, what have you been up to, brother? Uh, I've started to write a information, an article about uh, building and theming bases and then painting them for cool. army. Awesome. So that, that and I've been writing the fluff and the rules for our month. Oh yeah. For the Ooh, global campaign. Delicious. And I, I'm sorry. They probably should have been sent to <laughs> to Mr. Hollis, but you know how it is. Yeah, he can get them when he can get them when they're done. He gets them when we're ready. Damn it! Yeah. No, nobody tell nobody tells us what to do about. Oh wait, what they're due soon? Shit. Okay, we better get them well, to him. That <laughs> <laughs> they will be done within the, a day or two. I just need to actually proofread them and send so them out. They might be have to. They might have to be adjusted a bit because something surprisingly happened on the weekend. Well, we'll see. <laughs> this, this is news to everybody, and uh, that's that's always fun. Um, so that seems like it's news to me as well. So yeah, it's news to me too. Well, I, so... I, I haven't like I haven't had time to fucking land on my feet after the crazy weekend. So surprised uh, about us. I, I, I need to write something up. Okay. Yeah. And and the the, the the weekend that Freddie is talking about happened to be the Hagvarian betrayal, which was yeah. our first ever team event. Um, which sounded pretty freaking awesome. And um, we are looking forward to doing a full debrief on that, probably in our next episode, uh, because yep. we promised to do you guys first. So, like proper gentlemen, we do those who request it first and satisfy ourselves later, because you know, that's how we roll. Um, or satisfy myself. That's not even on the agenda. I do that constantly. Yeah, well, we know this, Freddie. We've we've all seen the mugshots. Um, I'm married. So... <laughs> So let's so, move on. Um, I've, I've or have also, we finished exactly? No. Okay. I've also started to sketch up plans for a mechanic version of a Stormlord. Okay. That's the, nasty. But it won't have any no Vulcan because that's the one with Vulcan Mega Builders, right? I forgot my own chart. That's bad. You did. You feel. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. Um, yes, you did forget your own chart. Why am I even crowing? Um, yes, it is the one with the Vulcan Mega Bolters on it. Yeah, it will have some kind of lightning cannons instead. Because it's Mechanicum. Because nothing says Mechanicum like lightning. Exactly. And Vulcan a... Mega Lightning. Yes, that sounds good. That's actually a good name. Hmm? Sorry, Chris, keep going. We're just uh, impressed <laughs> by the choice of name there from Freddy. Yeah, so that's what I'm, I've been doing, basically. Working on our article, working on a, f- awesome. a bit of fluff, and working on an entirely new tank. So, so just a average, average week in the heresy for you then. Yeah, basically. Ah, what about you, Freddie? <laughs> what have you been up to, bud? Uh, well, besides running an event, I have been working away on my Macarius hashtag Lubrical. Uh, I have come up to the stage where I've used put on some trench rows. I'm going to do some varnish again, and then I'm going to go to town on shipping and weathering. Nice. And and same with the five, uh, what do you call it, 
Sentinels. Sentinels. Cool. Yeah. Uh, besides that, I have. I'm literally like the entire laundry is covered in resin and plastic. <laughs> There's so many nights, it's ridiculous. Uh, that's a good thing. That's always I a good know. thing. <laughs> I know. I, know. I, I can't wait to see, like, after seeing one Perferon in, <laughs> in, in the wild on the weekend. <laughs> yeah. I can't, I can't wait until Scandis when we see three of them next to each other. It's going to be fucking madness. Uh, it's going to be seven shades of batshit crazy is what it's going to be, which is rather awesome. Um, well, um, anything else you want to add there, bud? Uh, no, it's just, uh, oh, oh, yeah, I've uh, put down the base coat on um, my five uh, Rogue Trader era Ogrins. I also have done, put down the base coat on uh, the tank crew for, for the Macarius. And besides that, I have... Not done much more, have I? Oh. oh dear God, you've not done much more. <clears throat> Fair enough. Um, I should have gone first because that <laughs> this would have been way less disappointing. Um, I, I've, I've managed to paint rivets. There you go. Yeah, must not make a pun. Shut up. Um, <laughs> it's it's sure it's riveting work, right? Oh. Sorry. Fuck. Um, yeah, okay, well, I've been based, basically, as everybody knows, I'm doing uh, Operation Repaint at the moment, and I am currently painting up uh, two 15-man tactical squads of Mark III Marines, and right now the, the rivets and the edge highlighting on them is um, is taking its time, and once I finish off this lot, then it's on to the fun stuff like... Uh, um, Chipping and painting, uh, chipping and uh, weathering and stuff, which which will go through very very quickly. So that that's it's just a bit of a grind. <laughs> I'm also been uh, making some pro uh, mock-ups of the super secret, very special um, terrain piece for hopefully for Scandus. Uh, should be done for Scandus. Needs to be done for Scandus. Uh, I've been yeah. look, going through uh, well this evening talking with Freddie. We've been going through all the nights for the night raffle which will suddenly very soon take up my entire painting schedule um, I may have some new toys on the way but they're going to have to probably get painted in the last week before Scandus or Scorpius depending on when they arrive um, so yeah other than that <laughs> nowhere near as much as you guys so and um, yeah I'm just going to say because you mentioned it speaking of Scorpius stay tuned to the end of the episode during the wrap up because there's some news there good point thank you Chris uh, yep very much do stay tuned it is very important that you listen to the update at the end of the show so that's a good one and do you know what that actually reminds me something we haven't done for the first time in in order for a long time and that's our social medias i really should get that out of the way uh so come and give us a uh, like on our facebook page the Varangian heresy podcast we just broke the 500 mark which is uh rather important for us and and a big thank you to you guys who are out there supporting us it means a lot it's a mild ego boost but it's just nice to know that everybody is actually supporting us and that we're we're doing something right that there's so many people out there uh following us and giving us support uh we've got our podcast group which is growing every day which is the Varangian heresy podcast group uh, we're on Twitter at Varangian Heresy. Uh, we're on Instagram at again at Varangian Heresy, and our email address is theverangianheresy at gmail dot com. I'm uh, gonna just say this. Yes. You are you are on Instagram. Oh uh, shut up! All right, all right. I'll change the password for however many times it is now, and then I'll give it to you, and then you can be on there as well. And 
yeah. one day when yeah. Freddie discovers what um, you know what Instagram is, we'll have moved on to whatever the new platform is. But it'll it'll be okay. We'll make it work. <laughs> uh, I'm sorry. Like I can't have more social media. Like Craigslist and uh, Facebook is enough for me. Craigslist, and Facebook. <laughs> Yeah, and no comment. Snap, Snapchat or whatever it is. Yeah, just it's for the these sex new chat. <laughs> Have you? No, I'm not going down the Tinder chat because that'll just get very strange. Um, so that's that. Um, we've done our important announcement, which is what's coming up. Um, so I think we should jump straight into our listeners because I think that's the important part. That's what we're doing tonight. So um, I'm going to jump straight over to Instagram. Uh, because I put a shout Ooh. out a couple of hours ago um, on on the off chance that I could get some uh, drag some questions out of people, and um, we have actually drag, drag mm. yes, we do have some questions. Um, we got I got a couple of questions on ours and one on my own Instagram. And the first question is uh, more talk about Freddy's tequila race before Hagvarian. Um, uh, preferably not. <laughs> to me, do it like this. If there's going to be talk about it, do it in the Hagwarian special, so you have enough distance between the event and <laughs> talking about the event. Oh, for him to sober up and remember, you mean? Exactly. Ah, okay, fair uh, enough. Fair I enough. I will never, re- I will never remember. <laughs> I don't want to. Okay, well, we've got until that episode, then we can actually get you know evidence and and blackmail material. So that's fine. And videos. Say, and, I, I have yeah. experienced things that people shouldn't do. You were there, well, man. You were that's there. That's tequila for you. <laughs> yeah, too true. Um, so I, th- I think that's even on the bottles. It probably is actually. Mm. Um, mm. So we have a a super serious question here from the mediocre modeler. Uh, big shout out to the mediocre modeler on Instagram. Go give the dude a follow. It's very cool stuff he puts out. Uh, how many of you have smoked crack? Which is more addicting, thirty k or crack? So, um, Freddie, do you want to start off on that one? Well, I can say, uh, if my missus asked me, I would say crack, but everyone knows it's 30k. This is true. To be fair, if you start with crack, you will never have money for 30k, and vice versa. I was going to say, I started with 30k, and I have no money for crack, so exactly. I wouldn't actually know, <laughs> which I think is the most <laughs> honest way of answering that one, uh, because, yeah, uh, one or the other, one or the other, and definitely can't afford, um, can't not afford hobby anymore, so got to keep with the hobby and then there all, all the rest I, I can eat resin if you know run out of money and you know kids can fend for themselves right you can just uh, aerosolize some nasty chemicals through an airbrush anyway yeah it's a cheap high, you want high. Mm. luckily you have like water based colors as well so you can you know rehydrate and shit <laughs> so basically get get high off one set and then rehydrate with the other that's what this whole multi-layering thing is all about um, yeah. <laughs> so, uh, serious question. Uh, this comes from Stallard129, one of our brothers from the... Uh, Tommy. Tom, yes, Tommy Boy from the Geno 5.2. Uh, and he says, and this is a, a super serious question, if you could take any parts of 8th edition and bring them into the heresy, what would they be? This is actually uh, a legitimate uh, yeah. question, which is why I'm a bit yeah. you know, worried. Uh, no, no, I would take movement rates. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. It's a good one. Uh, because I like uh, the one thing that I, I miss from first ed and second ed is that different high movements rates. And the thing that I would have loved if they did it on eighth edition that somehow they they kind of kind of made that work with initiative instead of having this activation thing. 
because it's based on speed and it's kind of based on the initiative. So yeah, the the thing that I would like to uh, take in from eighth ed is movement rates because it makes sense. Yeah. Okay. What about you, Chris? I can say that that's one of the things I would say, but also the way they they seem to have because I don't doubt anyone of actually read the new book read the new book yet is that they try to integrate the city fights and uh, the planets right, everything like that into the main game book instead of just having it spread over oh, several, several fortifications and uh, yeah having that in the main book instead of having it spread out well, they, they started 7th Ed with having all the fortifications in the main rulebook, but the problem is they released that, you know, those extra fortifications. Escalations and stronghold and stuff like that. Yeah. Kind of, and that that's, that's it kind of escalated out of control. <laughs> Hashtag dad joke. <laughs> Happy Father's Day to all dads. Yep, amen to that. <laughs> yep, and uh, we're going to wait until that, because in Sweden... In Sweden, it's in November. I think it's on the 12th of November, so we can actually do it twice. Hey, double dad jokes. That's awesome. Uh, but that's one of the things I... Yep, movement rates. Movement rates with movement rates and how they are reintegrating stuff that's already in expansions in current 7th Ed into the main rulebook. Very nice. Uh, if only they didn't fucking put... took out everything else and put it in data slates and codexes. Yeah. Well, currently there are indexes and there will be encodexes later. That's okay. even more confusing. That's all right then. But, but no, uh, no, to be on a serious note, uh, moment rates, but I've always been arguing about it makes sense to have different moment rates. It's like, okay, I play World War Two games and I understand that if you have an infantry dude who be Russian, Americans, or you know German, they tend to run at the same pace with roughly the same equipment. You know, but yeah, in 40k, you you kind of think that an elf should run a bit faster than, you know, or, or people that have high initiative tend should be running faster somehow. I don't know. I, mm. I like the movement rates, but I also I used to play a lot of fantasy, and I'm used to having different movement rates. So, and I I I've found it a bit weird that it disappeared out of 40k, but I understand it was to make it more streamlined and simple. Mm. Okay. Well, because um, it, it makes sense on a skirmish level. Yeah. Because then you don't want to have all the, the same things. Fair enough. That, well, I'm, I'm not going to disagree with you. Uh, I actually like both the points that have been raised there. Um, yeah, but do you need? I need to hear your point now. Well, what do you want I was going to say. My, I was actually going to go. With, my original thought was movement rates because I like that um, altering the actual reality style of it. I think. I think. I'm going to be kind of picky. I think I'm going to say that what I'd like to see is the um, weapons have a modifier on saves rather than just straight ignoring of armor. Ooh. Uh, because I li- again, I like the the immersive reality narrative style of that rather than just saying right, that's it. You can't. You know, you, you'd still end up having. Um, you know weapons that when they when they shoot at someone it doesn't matter what armor you're wearing or, or damn near doesn't matter what armor you're wearing they're going to tear through you um, but then things like cover modifiers and stuff so there is still that up and down balancing but there's always a chance kind of thing um, I don't know I just I always like that style 
Um, and that aspect coming back in would have been nice. Because uh, it just feels more storyful, you know? If you're going to put a guy in in cover and you, or he's going to run around and there's, there's going to be somebody taking a long shot through guys, through terrain and trying to snipe him out, you know, it's going to be harder. It might, it might hit him. It might, but then there's going to be all these different modifiers. I think it, even so much mo- oh, you want to modifiers, hit modifiers or, as well. Uh, I think it's just modifiers on that sort of thing is something I'd like to see. Just to add more of a more of a, re- a realistic story version to it. So, I don't know. Like uh, I think that. All right, I'm gonna go out of a limit. I, I think that either you need to have to hit modifiers. Or you need to have uh, cover save modifiers, but never ever should two of them meet. <laughs> well, then then to no hit, if I was going, okay, if you're going, if you're going to say never the twins should meet, I would actually go with to hit modifiers then, because I think that's more realistic. But I, I just because think you're, you're going you're, to bring anything. It's harder to hit someone because of the cover, and then the cover gives makes it harder for me to wound it. Like I don't know. I would like to see some sort of modifier in there to make it more uh, real world rather than this shoots at you this this and obliterates you even though you've got the armor and you have to rely on this if it's going to be harder to shoot through guys through cover then it should be harder to do that and if the weapon hits you okay it burns through your armor whatever I'm just mentally thinking of like a las cannon against a terminator or something but if it's it's harder to hit then the reality is it's harder to hit if it's you know whatever I, I think that if, if that's the case modifiers yes specifically now talking about it modifiers to hit would be more interesting to bring in so that's what yeah. I bring in simple as that but then uh, the con- counter argument could be would that work in the re- with the rest of the rules around it I don't know, but that's uh, that's what I'd like to see brought in. I think if it's because if you just bring them in in a vacuum, it probably won't work. I don't know. I don't know. I mean, if it's if it's if it can apply. I don't know. To... If it depends. If you remove cover saves and you add in to hit modifiers, then then it because then you take away something and add something that kind of replace what you removed. That works. Again, it's just... and also uh, it also would remove the entire step of doing uh, cover. Saving throws. So there. I mean, or I, you just keep it as it is and you just do cover saving throw and let that represent that it's harder to hit, but you can't be fucked at changing makeup to hit modifiers because it is a true line of sight game and it's really hard to argue like, oh, how much is this stupid tree covering? Is it a minus two to hit or is it a minus one? Because that was the issue with uh, second head. Because <laughs> you're like, oh, I can see like the head of his wall. Maybe, you know. Again, this is just how I'd like to, what I'd like to see brought in. I would have to actually spend time to sit down and go through it. But yeah. um, as I said, my first choice was was movement because I think that's that's the one thing that makes it far more representative of the the world worlds yeah. um, that we play in. As you say, if you're going to run something, you know, if you're going to have units with a higher initiative, for example, they sh- maybe they should be moving faster or terminators moving at five inches tacticals moving at six kind of thing you know just those simple yeah i, I think uh, i like i think that the, the one thing that's been uh, been an issue with the cases like way way back to the beginning of time is that it is 
both true line of sight and abstract in some way, and it's also about perception. So I think it would be much easier if they introduce some, just take the, like now for art for 7th Ed in cover saves, like, oh, he's in the forest. Uh, it doesn't matter how much I see him behind a tree, or if it's a vehicle, like, it doesn't matter how much I see him in the tree. If he's behind a fort, well, he gets this cover save. If he's behind this, like, is he fully behind the wall? Is he not? Like, like, they're, they're, like normally, the only time it becomes issues is, like, this vehicle, can I see him 25%, or is it 50%, or, you know, Motherfucker. Depends on angles and shit, and yeah. But that but that is just easily solved with removing uh, armor armor facings on a tank, you know. Uh, no, that no. doesn't. That doesn't. <laughs> no, that doesn't no. Back the, in the uh, hole, Chris, on that one. No. It doesn't change the amount of uh, vehicle covered. Like I'm talking seventh ed now. Yeah, I know, and I was trying to make a bad joke about eighth ed. Yeah, but that makes sense. Like the, that's that's one thing I, I really hope they never bring over the thing that you access points doesn't care anymore. Like, and you can basically measure from like the bull bar of the rhino, and that's your jump off point and shit. And yeah, but you don't uh, have to measure have, from like the turns of the gun. Haven't you heard all of those people that uh, claim that the heresy book is uh, just a basically a decoy while they're eightify it all? Okay, well. Well, but by the time they're done, maybe they're up to ninth ed. Who knows? This it's gone pretty true. quick between seventh and like sixth, seventh and eighth. I have to think. I think that's been the has it been the shortest time between them normally compared to before. Between sixth and seventh for sure. I'm not sure about between seventh and eighth off the top of my head. Quite possible. Sixth and seven was fucking short. Two years. It was just a few years. Yeah. And seven, what what seven came out? Was it like 2013 or 14? 14, I think actually. So I think it was so. right after the first the heresy books. The first, so, the first heresy book came out 2012. Yeah. So and seventh ed, seventh ed came out sh- shortly after that. So 2013. Yeah. Yeah. So four years. Four years. Yeah. Which is a bit about well, right, the right cycle. No, sort of probably that. Oh well, have we solved this basically? I think we've solved the fact that basically <laughs> movement, movement seems to be the one that we want to see come back in. Tom, I hope this has answered it for you because it's confused yeah. the fuck out of us. Um, yeah. But no, it also no, no, but movements for sure. <laughs> yeah, movement for sure. Uh, again, you know, I, I like. I, w- I want super secret sp- space marines in Heresy as well. No. Okay. Okay. No. Although, does that mean does that mean we get does that mean then we get uh, Ferris Manus back with a glowing skull for a head? Maybe, maybe. That basically means he's skull. He's a um, Ghost Rider. Uh, Ooh, just give it. Maybe Ferris Manus is a Doom Rider. Maybe. Ooh. And so masqueraded as a chaos Slanish cultist for ten thousand years. Because. Why not? No, he, he's been he's been hiding. <laughs> Found someone else's armory and hid. Yeah. Anyway, moving on. Yeah, moving let's on. move on. I think we've I think we've we've achieved our, our moments there. Um. So that those are the just the very quick questions we got in this evening on Instagram. We will be opening up Instagram again in the future for uh, everyone to leave us comments. But if you do want to get in touch with us via Instagram, feel free. Drop us a direct message on there, and uh, I for one will 
have access to the account and maybe Chris will and we'll see what we do with Freddy um, but you know he's a very busy man and these social media things do get kind of frightening and daunting for him after a while so we try not to overload him um, so yes lists let's talk lists now which one do we want to start with start with the first one in the chat then I guess okay yeah. let's start, start with let's the first start. one move on to the second one Okay, well, I'm just checking. You never know how things go these days. Um, so we're starting with uh, Pele's list. Yep. And uh, do you want to take us through that list there, Freddie? All right. Well, Pele sent in a list for review. Uh, he's planning to bring this to Scandus. So, you know, now everyone can fucking try and <laughs> counter-build this if you're a loyalist because it's uh, apparent. Wait, wait a minute. Is this a loyalist list? Uh, no. If no. Not with that, Marshall. Durak Rask, he's a traitor, isn't he? Yeah, yeah he's yes. traitor only. Yes, yes, he is. Cool. So it's a Death Guard 3,500 points list. And uh, as a HQ, he has Marshal Durak Rask. And as I forgot my books at the club, I'm leaving this to Christopher to explain what this dude is all about. Well, he's, he's uh, basically just an upgraded... Siege monster, but uh, Archer's armor, Thunderhammer, Volkite Serpenta, Frag and Crack grenades, one Phosphix bomb and a Nuncio Vox. Okay. And he's got uh, Warlord trait that's target priority, which is Dirk Rask and all friendly units within 12. Reroll to hit rolls of one when shooting at enemy units that are within three or inches, three inches or more of one. That's pretty useful. Within three inches of one or more objectives, that's extremely red. Yeah, that's pretty good. So, wait, and, so he's uh, a siege breaker, basically. Uh, well, he also has auto destruction. Direct Rask has both the tank counters and wrecker special rules applied to all of his attacks, and also confers these rules to heavy weapons. With heavy weapon shooting attack of any infantry units he joins. Ouch! Ooh, I can see where this list is going. Yeah, so me too. As long as, it's, as, long as so he got the, the, the nice little tank counters and wrecker and. Yeah, heavy weapons get it if he owns the unit. Yeah, and reroll uh, once to hit for enemies within three inches of an objective. Yeah, of one or more objectives, so you can. Yeah. Do it. So it doesn't really matter which one you choose. So wait, pick. so who does this confer to? Like the entire army? Uh, it's it's uh, uh, Durak Rask and all friendly units within twelve inches of him. Jesus Christ. Okay. Well, that that could be extremely handy. That's uh, very handy. So it basically gives them preferred enemy to people holding objectives. Yep. Nice. And then after that, he has a Primus Medicare in Cataphracty Armor. Uh, Marshal Durak Rask, what's he in? Is he in... Artificer. Okay. It's not too bad. It's a uh, yeah, so Primus Medicare, Cataphracty Armor, Rad Grenades. That's it. And then he has another Siege Breaker. Well, a stock standard Siege Breaker. Uh, who has zero upgrades, except the one that he gets stock standard with. Yeah. Yeah, and then, <laughs> and then we have something that everyone loves: three quad mortars, oh, yeah. and shatter shells. Because that's all you need. <laughs> all you need. Phosphex is all and, you need, baby. And then, because he's running the reaping, obviously. He has he uh, the reaping makes you run uh, heavy heavy support squads as troops. Yep. So he has one with the ten dudes with uh, missile launchers that also has flak missiles. 
And an augury scanner in there as well. And an, oh, yeah, obviously an augury <laughs> scanner, which is kind of handy, especially if you have some dude standing there that happens to give them Tank Hunter. <laughs> and then he has 10 dudes with order cannons and an augury scanner, which I assume there will be someone there with <laughs> giving them Tank Hunter. Then I wonder who that could be. <laughs> as long as he joins the unit, that is. Yeah. That is versatile. <laughs> yeah. Well, he probably joins that unit and keeps the other units within 12. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. yeah. So what one unit get tank counter and the other ones get... Well, all of them gets the bonus for... Yeah, for re-rolling ones. Yeah. Nasty. And then he has two tactical squads in Rhinos, where the sergeant has a power site, melter bombs, and red grenades. Yeah. Which is which is nasty. And they also have additional combat plates, so basically they all come stock standard with two attacks each, three on the charge. And they've Pretty got good. rad grenades, which are just horrible if they use Horrible, used horrible things, yeah. And then that's it for his troops. So he only has four troops. Mm-hmm. Only. Only. <laughs> you <laughs> say that so well, Freddie. Yeah. Only. And then he comes from the Creme de la Resistance, which is obviously eight Grey Wardens in a Spartan with all the bells and whistles. Because <laughs> that's how you roll. Well, you would, wouldn't you? Yeah. You've got to, I think, with that Yeah. Obviously, with eight Chain Fists, uh, Red Grenades, yeah. Artificial armor, auxiliary drive, flare shield, everything on the fucking Spartan. Then, it's if you the, didn't it's think the you had party it, Spartan, is what that is. It's the party Spartan. And then, if you didn't think you had enough anti tank there, you have a squadron of Legion Vindicator Siege Tanks <laughs> with a com- command tank. Uh, so, it's, a, uh, it's the laser destroyer array ones. So, they're all laser destroyers. Three of them. And because they have a command tank, they get the tank hunter. Oh, yuck. Uh, so, over, overcharging these bad boys, that's like nine twin-linked laser destroyer shots, right? Yeah. That's going to hurt. With Tank Hunter. Yeah. That, that that's going to hurt a lot. <laughs> hmm. I like where his thinking's at. <laughs> yeah, but that's, that's all right. Like, if you were worried about anti-tank, he also have. An upgraded Legion fashion super heavy tank destroyer with armored ceramide space marine crew. And I see it's 565 points, so he's already taken. Battle Scrap doesn't show it, but if you deduct those 35 points, it means that it's the normal price. So he has that extra upgrade. That stupid yeah. array thing. The neutron. Locked. Yeah, the neutron array. Because it's. That is the current Venator, so. Yeah. That's nice. Fucking so, brilliantly brutal. <laughs> some someone is really, really concerned about facing titans and super heavies. It seems bear, bear or tanks or knights. Uh, yeah. Or knights. Because bear in mind what do we what was running around last year? Uh, a seven knight army list. But 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 the thing 3, is thousand points. <laughs> yeah. The the thing is the list can deal with super heavies, tanks, vehicles, dreadnoughts. Uh, it can deal with heavy infantry with the quad launchers, yep. and it, it can deal with normal infantry <laughs> I don't know, with <laughs> quad launchers. It's got a then has, amount of anti-air in there as well. Yeah, it's fucking ten anti-airs, like ten flak missiles. 
even though they're strength seven, like, but with tank hunter, that's gonna tickle, eh? That's gonna hurt a lot. That will shoot down like any flyer in one round. Yeah, it'll shoot down most of them. Well, yeah, unless it's uh, one of those my my party boat, the the Fistus assault ram. The Fistus assault ram. Then then you're talking sixes, but still. Yeah. <laughs> the weight of fire is not impossible. But like uh, you know, a, a xylophone that's eleven that you, you need in like force, so that's fifty fifty. Uh, same with the fucking, you know, if if you're trying to do the lightnings for the falchion, that that will fucking go down because that's like eleven as well. That's fifty fifty. What else do we have? Oh. Nasty. Well, fucking you get the down, Avengers, you get down with the thunderbolts. Yeah. Thunderbolts, but like even if you have a dreadclaw coming down, yeah, that goes down as well. Yeah, yeah. that's gonna take take the heat. And... Well, the dread, I, I I think like the dreadclaw you shoot normal missiles because it lands. Yeah. Uh, and the same with the auto cannons that that will fuck up drop pods and dreadclaws as well. Especially as they've got an augury scanner. I mean, if they're they're placed correctly, then they're yeah. gonna they're gonna do. Actually, it's a really nice front 90-degree cover arc you've got there if you're smart enough with those two squads. Um, yeah, but the, but the, the, the kicker in it, like, even though like most things are 11 or 12, so it's either 4 or 5s. Uh, let's say it's an ambulus, so it's 5s. No, no, it's 4s because it's strength 8. That's right. So it's 4s. On a crack missile, but, yeah. Yeah, but you're tank hunter. Yeah. So you'll fucking, like, two-thirds of them will fuck up. Oh yeah, it's gonna just the sheer uh, weight of numbers going into them is just gonna cause absolute fucking devastation, and it's a, I think it's a beautiful use of the um, uh, a beautiful use of of the reaping right of war. Um, I really do. Uh, the one the one thing I always feel sorry for with the Death Guard is they've got those fantastic rules where they get to move through swamps and everything. And nobody fucking plays swamp <laughs> terrain <laughs> yeah. ever. There's, there's one podcast that does it. Yeah, they, yeah, they've got a slightly unhealthy obsession with it as well. Which, um, but yeah. do either of them the, actually play Death Guard? <laughs> no, <laughs> I'm worried. The, Don't tell them yeah. that. I, I like to. Normally, the drawback would be that he's not so mobile, but because all his units that need to claim objective or go forward are in transports. That's not going to fuss him. And because they give zero fucks going through to terrain because they have that stupid death guard rule. They don't even need those blades and shit. And, but he's gone extra paranoid and he's taken the auxiliary drive on his Spartan just because if he gets that immobilized, one shot immobilized on his Spartan, he can it's a fucking, most likely repair it. So. It's a fucking expensive unit to get stuck somewhere. <laughs> well, he can't get stuck on a fence because he has moved through cover on everything. No, that's true. No, it's, he's not a he's, he's not a dark angel, uh, Chris. He doesn't automatically get stuck on the fence. Yeah. Oh, uh, that's true. Well, there's that's one small blessing, and that's uh, there's no involved save save on this poor lord. Yeah. <laughs> that's the only small blessing in this, I think. So, what do we think? I I personally really like the list. I mean, the double. The double siege breaker um, is interesting. Uh, just wondering where he's going to put. If he's putting them both with the heavy support squads, it makes sense. Um, have probably. them walking through. There's a primus medica in the list as well, so I'm just wondering where the primus medica is going to be sitting. Well, it seems like because wardens. he has, yeah, he has nine uh, grave wardens. 
like including the dudes and so he probably chucks him in there so they become 10 yeah what yeah. Uh, armor was the the Wathaker in uh, uh, Terminator Cataphract yeah but then, yeah, then he's probably with uh, the Terminators yeah was again, I mean it makes sense um, but having them having them in there I love the triple laser destroyer array I think that might be the new nine quad mortars um, for the next season uh, here in Sweden, because I think that's just uh, a, a fuck ton of shots coming down down range with the ability yeah. to really but, hurt people. But I think like it's really good because he can, what he can do really well is, while he's gonna str- he's gonna still struggle against drop pod armies. It depends on how like if they're full on drop pod armies, he can intercept two of them. Uh, but the thing that he can do with the the ones that get out. He can then use shell them for fucking phosphex. Yep, that's what it's there for. Yeah. That's but the... it, yeah, it's it's but it, it's going to struggle against like all the classic fucking white scar jet bikes and all infiltrating shenanigans of, or or infantry hordes and stuff. But because he he will he won't be able to destroy units fast enough because it's he has too much anti tank them. But I I think like all around like for an all around list. It should do extremely well. Yeah. No, I, I agree. Yeah. I think it's. Um, I, li- it, I like the like think- I like the thinking behind it. And this is the thing. Yeah. I think I like the thinking behind it. It's very much exactly what is the reaping. It's very much we're just going to send a, a whole load of walking, slow walking, hurt units downfield on foot, and we're going to back them up with uh, squads in rhinos, which will keep them alive longer. They make them less of a threat uh, if you look as you look at it on the board because those big units coming down are going to be more likely a primary target so you've got a better chance of getting your guys out to um, cap objectives as you go along then you've got the the absolute fist of pain which is that um, lovely grave warden squad coming down the middle um, or wherever you want it in its is that, but that one isn't too op though because well, the, the, the it doesn't squad, have like no. any super characters or anything buffing it. It just has has the feeling of pain. But the Grey Wardens by themselves are fucking nasty. Well, I was going to say, but, but with the Praetor, that would know, have gone fucking way over the top. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, with I mean, they're, they're nicely done. I think that's a nicely solid unit for what when you're thinking about what this list is built for, which is Scandus. It's a really nice list. It's going to do a lot of damage to big armies. Like you said, it's going to struggle a few places, but it's not going to be... I don't think it's going to be overly detrimental. I think it's still got a chance. Um, yeah, ma- Militia will be a fucking pain in the ass. He will, he'll Militia's kill the a pain in the ass for everything. That's the problem. Yeah. Now, he'll kill the tanks or the knights or whatever support it has, but it will take him forever. Like I understand like he has extra close combat weapons and stuff, so he might have a chance. Like he, You can see that it's kind of tooled up for not getting swamped by you know, stupid militia or solar ox, but yeah, I think, I think it's good because it, it's kind of themed like he, he, it's all about alpha, alpha striking transport and then bomb the shit out of whatever spills out. Yeah. And mowing everything down with his heavy support yeah. teams. What do you think? Yeah, so they, I don't know. I, I, wait, what, sorry, Chris. I was saying, Chris, <laughs> uh, I, I, I wasn't finished yet. <laughs> yeah, well, you were always no, talking over no, everybody. No, but I so think like, it, it's really cunning, like heavy support squads, uh, keeping the back objective secure, also making sure that nothing fucking outflanks or drop in his baseline. And moving forward with his 
uh, his rhinos and his Grey Wardens, and then just fucking dealing shit ton of wounds against whatever heavy armor that can threaten his falchion. Yeah. What do you think, Chris? Well, seems fine to me. <laughs> that was, that was Master of understatement right there. Uh, well, what, what what can I say that uh, Freddy has already said? Well, I don't, I don't know. Uh, as somebody who is, would face this army, because you would, uh, if, yeah. or possibly, I don't know, it depends which, which side you, you end up on. Um, no, no, I won't end up on, on, on any other side. Okay, so you'll face these guys. <laughs> Uh, yeah. How does how does see how would seeing that across the field make you feel with your list? Given how often I tend to play, it will probably be <laughs> as be the same feeling as if I was just facing uh, an army of basically bunnies or something. Oh, well, very cute, fluffy. Sorry about what's about to happen to you, kind of fluffy, or uh, no, but, well, they're fluffy at least. <laughs> what would be the priority to take out though like if you faced it well probably given what I got in my list it's uh, the laser destroyers yeah which are thankfully squ- squadron up yeah that is the that is the only danger as, as Nicholas from Don't Lose Your Head would tell you squadrons are um, are not your favourite thing are not the best well, thing in the world no. They are both. They have benefits and they have severe drawbacks. To put it yeah. lightly. I don't know. Like I'm torn between squadrons. Like I like squadrons if it's tend to be a squadron that is supposed to be way back on the battlefield providing support, like a squadron of Medusas, a squadron of Basilis, a squadron of laser destroyers, a squadron of you know some sort of long range thing. Mm. But if your squadron that is land raiders, that is an assault transport where you try to move forward and deliver something, it means that you will move forward to everything that also could kill you. <laughs> One contemptor goes in there and fucks your day. And, that, yeah. <laughs> and that's so, it. <laughs> that's it. Yeah. But, like, a squ- I think a squadron of Malkadors, that is still all right because they're super heavy. It's going to be hard for wounds to spill over then. Mm, that's true. But uh, you know, I think uh, I think Chris is right. I mean, the, the, when you look at it, what you've got to look at the priority for what's going to take your list out, and, and knowing what you're talking about, list um, having a look at uh, taking out those laser destroyers is a is a key part of it. Um, I think anybody who's running anything mildly infantry heavy would want to probably go and make those quad mortars have a very bad day very quickly, um, and then look at the heavy units coming down towards them if he's running phosphex that's that's just nasty shit um, <laughs> simple as yeah. that stuff is just nasty uh i should know i use it a lot <laughs> yeah i think i think chris is right there i'll probably take out the laser destroyers because that's the one thing that guarantee cracks open a fucking transport a turn yeah and, and ho- the thing is yeah. i was gonna say hopefully your own anti-tank uh, might have a slight edge on the distance that a laser destroyer can fire if you're lucky. If you're lucky, you're right. If you're lucky, because yeah. they're only 36 inches, yeah. aren't they? I believe so. Yeah. I thought they were 48. 
No. 36? Okay, I stand correct. Well, Chris has the book. Trust Chris. Yeah, I am, <laughs> I'm actually just going to look it up, so I'm not saying yeah. anything wrong. No, because I think it's easier to kill the three laser destroyers than it is to kill the fucking Phosphex bombers. So if you yeah. kill the, the thing that keeps you safe in your transports, well, then again, you're going to fuck loads of shadow shells. But the thing you will survive another turn. <laughs> so so it, it, you rather want the fucking dude to shoot shadow shells than phosphex bombs. Yeah, as yeah. long as you get to within 12, from 12 inches of the shatter. No, that's in the center area. Sorry. Mm. Yeah. Well, the laser destroyer is 36 inches. So yeah. if you can get out of that, you just, just have to worry about the uh, falchion. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> all that good D. Whoa. <laughs> <laughs> that's gonna hurt just a little bit <sighs> yes. yeah but on, on the other hand it's not really it can't really fire too many targets a turn <laughs> Falchion no. no unless you count the sponsons but they're not the dangerous part no but I think uh, depending on what you rock up with the Falchion will definitely shoot at you know the Warhound or something big yeah. Because it it has to get in, like once it gets in the first shot, it, it will win the shootout because it's, it's locking it down. Yeah. And then then you're fucking Bob's your uncle. It's yeah. it's that stressful moment you have with your Sikaran Venators as well. You try to shoot it because you desperately need to lock it down because you know that when when the Warhound or or the fucking Fellblade or whatever opens up back at you, you're just fucking smoldering rubble. <laughs> so, at least the Falchion has the same power, but Still against you know another super heavy yeah no you need that first hit yeah it is all about the, the first, getting that first hit in in that case but overall I think we seem to be of agreement it's a very solid list there's uh, yep. a number of things well, that can do well well rounded I reckon yeah um, I mean we 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 obviously aren't going to rely uh, reveal our uh, missions for the uh, for the event yet, but I think it's got the ability to handle what, whatever comes its way. And, uh, yep, he will just be a bit annoyed when he realizes that it's all just city fights. <laughs> <laughs> With a maximum move through, move through cover, I don't think he's going to have a major problem. That depends. He won't have any line of sight. Fair uh, enough. Fair enough. Okay, that that could also be an issue. Um, <laughs> fair enough then. Well then, uh, I I think this is uh, this is a very very nice uh, list. Are we uh, give it give it a, a fluff rating out of five, Freddie? What would you fluff it as? Out of five. Out of five or out of ten? Take your pick. How big do you want to go? What do we normally do? Is it between it's been one and that five? Long. Let's just start it again. How big All do right. you want to go? We don't have a system anymore. I think we did between ten, didn't we? Let's so, just do it. You just, you just make something up. Yeah. All right. Make it sound professional. Uh, okay, I'll give it seven because he has just as many transports as he has uh, units walking on foot, and uh, and uh, Death Guards is all about walking on foot. Fair <laughs> point. Fair point. Chris, yeah. what are you going to go with? Well, I would. Kind of agree with Freddy there, around seven, but because the image I have in my head is the when they're walking through the what used to be the jungles of Moloch, yeah, and they used to basically makes everything rot before them, yeah, and well, destroy the, re it. the, the hmm? reason I gave him a seven and not like a, like a five or something with fluff is because I imagine this is the force that fucking 
they're trundling towards like the forest, the edge of the forest of Moloch, and then they're gonna unleash fucking Phosphex Rad Falchion D Hell through on the forest. So this is pre walking through neutron forest. laser forest. Yeah. Fuck you, ants. <laughs> <laughs> Fuck you, Treebeard. <laughs> no. You, you, you like... and your ant army. Mortarion says, place freeway here. (laughs) (laughs) I thought that's what that Mechanicum audio audio sound wave killer template thingy was all about. Was just generally fucking plowing the way. But yeah, it works either way. Well, in lack of that, use neutron beam. (laughs) (laughs) Well, it's still still basically a supercharged volcano cannon. It would probably turn the forest into fire and slag. And yeah, ash. So yeah, that's what the whole move through cover thing is. Basically, it's just there's they literally just going to obliterate the cover. Um, I think if it was me, I, I'd like to go as high as eight, but I think eight when I look at the core of the army, uh, when I look at those two big units and the characters sort of running, walking with them, it's very very nice. But I think it evens out around about seven and a half ish because again, troops. <laughs> Uh, troops in transports. If you can get them out, make the unit a bit bigger. Give each of them a primus. Uh, give each of them a medic, and have them walking forward as well. That would that would definitely be up at the higher score because it would just be that whole, like you said, reaping, walking forward, massive mass infantry wandering forward, just causing as much havoc as possible. Yeah. So that uh, would be that. I, I did in, in Palace Defense. I got um, I got a, a reason why they are in transports. Oh. And that is because when you're playing 3,500 points versus another person that plays 3,500 points, if you have big units of walkers, the fucking game is going to slow, slow down to ages. <laughs> so you just want to minimize moving models as much as possible. You're a gentleman, you're a gentleman, Pele, but then again, I've based <laughs> Linus's list last year. And it's great because you get to go for a piss, have something to eat, you know, read a book, and then come back and he's almost halfway done. Okay. So, but you could you could also go more extreme and just do a pure infantry militia list if you would want to. Yeah, well, you can't really because you fill up those six troop choice. You fill yeah, up that's every, true. Every, yeah, and you'll end up having like, oh, I have two thousand five hundred points over. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. that's true. But that, that, that's where you put the marauder bombers and bombers and stuff like that. Oh, man, <laughs> after fate, after seeing them in action, oh my fucking god couple of casual glaives otherwise for gents because he, he, he did ask us to talk about glaives so there you are gents. yay glaives glaives casual no. glaive done now no, we mentioned glaives move on yeah <laughs> but He's save the marauder talk until we get until we get to uh, our next episode there freddy so let's let's move on to our second list and i'm i'm, I'm liking this one already uh, chris you've got the list there do you want to take us through it tell us what it is and take us through it yep it's from eric Oman. Well, 30k oh, Sweden, Eric. Oh man, Mr. Yep. 30k Sweden. That's how we, that's how we usually call him. And it's a it's a regular Raven Guard list for, and it's probably for Scandis because it's three and a half thousand points. Yep. Ooh. It's got a Legion Praetor with uh, the usual stuff and a and Tartarus Terminator armor and a Primus Medicae with Terminator armor. And then he has uh, a Terminator squad with Darkwing, Darkwing Storm Eagle. And for some reason, 
this lists the individual arm, armament for every Terminator in the squad. But they're basically lightning claws and Volker chargers and chain fists and Volker chargers and power fists and Volker chargers. So that's his. <laughs> and then he's got exactly the same, exactly exactly the same squad again of Terminators, all of them are in Tartarus armors. Yeah. And then he has uh, Alien Tactical Squad. I really hate reading the list format here. That's probably why Jody gave it to me. No, just because you've got it open in front of your screen and I haven't. Oh, yeah. Sure, sure, sure. But they got the Legion, Ta- Legion Tactical Squads with, with the Inner Storm Eagle Assault Gunship. And they got the regular armament and then they got the second Tactical Squad. Because it's almost impossible to see what the fuck they're actually equipped with and everything. But they're, but they're regular, regular ones, so no fancy. Nothing fancy, uh, yeah, I'm guessing. Yeah, there's nothing fancy. There's no bolt pistol and chain sword. It's just standard bolter, bolter dudes. Mm-hmm. And then the first attack is a Dark Fury Assault Squad with uh, yeah, nine Dark Furies and the shoes, Chooser of the Slain, which is a fucking stupid title. I'm sorry, but... <laughs> but... <laughs> I'm sorry, it's just a stupid title for a guy. But the models yeah. are cool. Yeah, they're really cool, but the title is stupid. But they got the Raven's Talon stuff like that. And then they've got the three Legion, Legion Javelin attack speeders with the heavy bolter and twinling glass cannons on all of them. Nice. And then a Primaris Lightning Strike Fighter with the... Ooh. Electromagnetic Storm Chargers and Kraken Penetrators missiles. Ooh, that's different. Oh. Yes, you can actually bomb, do bombing runs. That's... And then a fire raptor with Hellstrike missiles and yeah, and he's got three broad cannons on that one as well. And then Jetpack Sky Slayer squad with uh, Melta guns and a power sword. Hmm, interesting. Uh-oh. He might be expecting some form of close combat. <laughs> M- might have had five points uh, or ten points left. <laughs> there is that as well. <laughs> or it might just be a, a cool way of... Uh, modeling squad and that's uh, five times uh, Space Marine Sky Slayers in that squad very nice yes. and it's running uh, Angel's Wrath uh, right of war yeah, very cool so uh, just you... flyers and schemas yeah it's basically a straight up air cavalist it is that, and that is literally the title he sent us yep it's <laughs> called the air cavalry the God air cavalry <laughs> So I, I think I think we have to get this out of the way. First of all, Eric, if you do not have a sound system playing Ride of the Valkyries when you bring this up to the table, you're doing it wrong. You need a sound system playing Ride of the Valkyries. Otherwise, you, you just, no, auto-lose as far as I'm concerned. I have, no, I have no power to make that call, but definitely you should be running some sort of sound system playing Ride of the Valkyries. I just want to apologize again for being messy when reading this, but the format is really annoying because it got it's from Battlescribe and it has it's sent as a mail attachment, so it's, it's all of the fun. information, all of the information, not none of the for, <laughs> formatting from Battlescribe. So yeah. You just get all of the information and yeah, yeah. it gets messy. Yay, Battlescribe! Um, so, initial thoughts, uh, Freddie. What are your initial thoughts on the list? Uh, I like it. 
the only thing I'm I'm thinking about the fluff behind. Like I, I like I've always been wanting to do like a full on air cab list. Uh and I know, you know, Terminators But I think like he has all Tartarus Terminators. Mm-hmm. which are kind of the new ones, which I understand because he wanted to go fast and nasty because that's kind of the Raven God way. Um, and he's given them the Volkite Cobb, uh, Volkite... Chargers. Chargers. Oh, Jesus Christ. Volkite Chargers, which kind of links them because wasn't like, correct me if I'm wrong now, fluff-wise, wasn't it like the, the Terminator Raven Gods dudes, they were like the old Terrans and they hang around with Horus a lot and they all died at that gate thing? They were all, they were also sent away the entire company afterwards when Corex took control, and they they are probably a Black Shield company rampaging around uh, where Nostromo is located in the galaxy yeah. for the current fluff. So this could be before they all got all grumpy and shit <laughs> and became Black Shields. This is yeah. kind of so that could be a cool story to written write about and then. Suddenly, like, that gets me thinking and then makes me, like, hard on for the fluff. So I would have done something themed that as because I know previously, as I wrote the fluff for Eric's list, he wanted to have, like, Istvan uh, five survivors. So I think that as a cool counter theme for them, this could be, like, the one that, you know, the fucking black sheep of the Raven Guard, like, the, the bullish ones, the old Terrans. So they all have their Terminator armor. They all have like the old school equipment, like the javelins and the, the land speeder. No, I mean the javelins and the, what do they call it? The dildo bikes. The jet bikes. Sky, Sky Slayer Squadron, yeah. Sky Slayers, yeah. The scimitar jet bikes. Yeah, so like. So dildo all, bikes, yeah. Yeah, so all the equipment together kind of ties it together to being like the Terrans and the term like the Terran company that got you know sent away by Corex. So there you go. That's a cool background, and the force ties into that. Uh, as for like playing on the tabletop, ooh, I think your pants down turn one because you put on like you don't really want to put anything on, but, but you, you have, have to. to. Yeah. The only thing you, you have, can, to. have to well, you have to put something on, and uh, yeah. then you have to survive until the ref- <laughs> the reserves arrive. Yeah, but but you really wanted to outflank with the. With the jet bikes, you really wanted to. And the javelins. And the and jav- the, yeah. And the dark furies. Yeah, but aren't the dark furies in in the plane as well? They got jump packs. Yeah. So well, it's... The, the, the one thing that is like how the, the one thing I would desperately try to find is somehow buff uh, reserve rolls. Yeah, I was going to say, I'm just looking, there's, there's zero reserve, reserve manipulation that I can see on this. He did uh, talk about uh, getting uh, Alrax Morn in the list. Yeah, but how the fuck do you do that, though? Well, he can take a Legion drop pod as a dedicated transport. Yeah, but that's not a flyer, though. Or a skimmer. Or a no. jump pack. No, that's true, that's the limitations. And you can't you can't give him a jump back, can you? No, uh, fuck, why can't I? You're just looking for him now, are you? No, I'm just rereading the rules for the right of war, mm. and it says uh, only units with a jump infantry skimmer and jet bike types, as well as infantry units which begin the game inside transporting skimmers and flyers, may be chosen as part of the force. This in essence means that you may not take more infantry models in your army during 
than your than your transport capacity. Yeah. Hmm. Okay. Because uh, I I don't know. There are like there is no auguries. I mean, there's no uh, non-seoxes there either. Like that starts on the game. No, for deep strike. Uh, can you give precision. a yeah yeah? Can you give a master of signals um, a jump pack? He can have um, a jet bike, I'm pretty sure, can't he? No, hang on. Chris, give you, me a second. Chris has got the answer. Chris will get us the answer on this one. The Master of Signals uh, may not take a combo weapon, boarding shield, power fist, thunder hammer, lightning claw, bike, jet bike, or terminator armor. So he can take a jump pack? There's nothing banning it from there. Because okay. what he could do is having that for... Well, that's only six inches. It's like a small footprint. Like fucking... Yeah, more would have been the... The Dutzen. He would have been ideal. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, I don't know. It's 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 going to struggle. It's going to struggle with with uh, without any reserve manipulation and and as we sort of said, having to have something on turn one without any guarantee. Um, how I mean, how the hell do you make this list work at all? Um, not just this list, but this right of war. How do you make it work if that is its restrictions? Can Corex do anything? Yeah, but should should a right of war restrict you to literally having to take a... Yeah, but Corex is a jumping Yeah. Yeah, no, I get that. But as in... So what you're saying is to, to make this list, any list with this right of war work, that's why I'm sort of asking. You could put, put them in a red claw. Because it's technically a flyer. Okay, there's an option. So this is what I'm trying to say: is how do you, if this list is like not very survivable, survivable at the moment because it can technically lose the game very quickly just by getting wiped out turn one. What can we, what can you do to do something? Well, Chris has fucking hit the nail on the head. That's what I'm saying. You need, you the need, need a, down turn one. The yeah, you need you need an ambulus or a with, uh, That's the same thing. Yeah, you're thinking about the Charybdis. Here, Charybdis, right? sorry, yeah. yeah. Sorry, but you don't need a Charybdis. Uh, an Ambulus uh, with uh, more and uh, a command squad or some shit. Yeah, or bodies, basically, to make it more yeah. survivable. Yeah, I mean that. Because would... I mean, like a, a command squad, you get two plus save and shit, and he's fearless and stuff, so he'll stay That's around. That's true. He'll stay yeah. around. And, that'll, and give then, you turn, that'll give you a turn one survivability. Yeah. If you put one yeah. of the other units down as well. Well, well you well, can you always have. Yeah, you have the jet bikes and the other stuff outflanking still. Oh, you have them on the table, I mean. Sorry. Yeah. Yeah. That's what I mean. You have them on the table, and then you have attack more with the uh, with the drop pod. And what, what what does he have in fast attack right now? Let's have a look. Uh, I'll open the list up. Is, Have you got it, Chris? Pulse attack is... Uh, give me a second. Fucking Terminators. <laughs> yeah, Dark Fury Assault Squad, uh, Legion Javelin Attack Speeder Squadron, and uh, Primaris Lightning Strike Fighter. And that's, that's, that's three Javelins in that uh, squadron. So, so he, he, has a, he doesn't have a fast attack slot left over, though. No, but he could... Possibly change it around a bit if he wanted the reserve manipulation, which is more important. Yeah. In yeah. this case, 
I don't know. I mean, I like the I, I like what he's got in there. I just think I know Eric loves his Primaris, uh, but if he's got to free up something in there, I would. I don't know. It's a shame he can't get it through the um, heavy support because he's got that fire raptor in there. Um, I make use of that somehow because I mean the fire raptor is great and all, but it, if you could do something much more positive on for your first first round, that's what I'd be wanting to do. Also, the Terminator gets furious assault because they're Raven Guard. Forgot to mention that. No, I would. I would probably actually. I would probably drop the the lightning. Yeah. How I'm much sure. is an an ambulance and more? More is more is one hundred and forty points, and ambulance is one hundred and fifteen or something, isn't it? Yeah, one hundred and fifteen is ambulance. Okay. And the uh, lightning has got this to forty. So we'll find more, need to find more points, but not how, much. How many we're talking? Do you reckon? Fifteen. Is it fifteen? Is okay. It, is it the power sword of that stupid jet bike? Ten. <laughs> and well, then it's five points somewhere. Power sword and maybe a set of melter bombs somewhere, or another upgrade somewhere. Maybe one of the chain fists on the terminators drops to a power fist. There's ten points down to five. There you go. There's your fifteen points. Because there are going to be so many Hellstrike missiles oh, wait. out of those fucking... Sorry, sorry. The list is only 3,427 points. So there's plenty of points to go around. Oh, there we are then. So we don't have to drop anything. We just have to drop... Well, we have to drop the lightning anyway because we need a slot. Yeah. But yeah. there are still points left over to do all this other stuff with. Awesome. There we are then. We've got an option. So may, uh, may, maybe not then... have a maximum Dark Fury Assault squad. We drop one or two of those to get to, so we can afford a command squad for Mon to have him protected. Yeah, that could work. Either that or tacticals, but the tacticals can be good for later on when they actually arrive. Stand on, stand on objectives. That's just yeah, my thoughts. The problem is that, like the anvil only have it only has ten crew capacity, so it's hard to find another squad that's only five. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that was the same way we should find him as command, as you said, a command squad. Something yeah. like that. Yeah, but the, what you can do is, is, yeah. Or, well, he's going to sit in the fucking thing, isn't he? Anyway. Yeah. I don't think he has to go and get out of it. What's, what's his rule for that reserve thing? Does he have to go out of the drop pod or can he do it in a vehicle? Like, what's his thing? Usually you can't do anything in vehicles, can you? Uh, uh, mm-hmm. And not embarked on a vehicle. That's a part of his rules for equipment. So he okay. has to he has to be out of the vehicle. But the thing is, what you do is you probably drop him. You don't. You're not going to go aggressive with him dropping. You no, drop you... him in no, in no man's land or or you know close to your own line. Get because you can you know still get out of it. Yep. So you jump out. And then you start buffing for the next turn. Yeah. 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 Then that uh, reroll reserve rolls and stuff like that is quite nice. 
Yep, and then worst case scenario, you do your reserve rolls. It's then the movement movement phase. You hop him back into the dread the 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 dread the drop pod, and off he goes. Simple as that. Get him back. Well, the thing is, gone. like once the fly once the flyers comes in, he will have his ablative armor because he can always he will definitely fit in all the dark furies. I mean, not the dark the storm eagles. Yep. With the, with the tech squads. Yep. All I'm saying is that once once he's done his job in that respect, you can hop him back into the transport and get him, you know, get him back, uh, get him somewhere else on the board. That's all I'm saying. He can he can then be more, more active in the in the actual game at that point. Then, um, but he's know. he's not a close combat monster. Though. He's terrible. Like... He's basically there for his Stratovox or whatever it's called. Yeah. Okay, fair enough. But at least, at least you can do that if you need to. He can be somewhere doing something if at all needed. Even if, yeah. even if it's just you know picking off enemy infiltrators or trying to slow up somebody who might be outflanking at some point. I don't know. You never know. Well, this, yeah. yeah, but I think like the like he's gonna work super good, just dropping in like mid sort of backfield and start buffing straight away. Because then the flyers are going to come in at fucking minimum 16, so they're just going to go apeshit with all their stuff. Yeah. Well, I think I think what would just okay. Let's just review this for a second. Eric, love the list. I think we've hit on the fact that you need some some something a bit more solid to stay on the on for turn one, um, and you definitely need some reserve manipulation because it's relying a lot. On some, even with a large number of dice rolls, you're still relying on a lot of luck for to getting in a large uh, proportion of your army. Um, and as as you and I both know, mate, um, especially uh, when I played you last, that it just doesn't always happen like that. Um, <laughs> sometimes most of your army just can't be asked to get on the battlefield, uh, which then makes turn two extremely dicey. Um, so yeah, otherwise. Um, what do you think overall to the the sort of the fluff, Chris? I mean, what the idea that he's putting forward for this sort of big air wing of uh, nastiness coming in? Well, it is fluffy for part of the Raven Guard tactics that they utilize during the campaigns, mostly earlier stuff, but all, also later on, even under Korax, they had some sort of assault elements in this case, and not just infiltrating or drop potting, because. Most legions did, basically. <laughs> yeah. But if if it's going to be like Freddy talked about earlier, and we mentioned it's the Ash and Claw, they were called something like that. The, the those of, who are black shields, basically. Mm. If it's going to be them in an earlier stage, it uh, it would fit really well. But then it would also be hard to do what we suggested, just fluff wise, to get. Morning, unless you rename him and use him anyway. Yeah. So, if it, if it is that, it's a quite high fluff score, hmm. like a seven. Mm-hmm. If it's not, I'm not sure where to put it actually. Okay, fair enough. Um, I mean, Freddie, what would you score this on the on the fluff scale on a one to ten? Uh, well, the thing is, the the problem I have is I would have Otek more in the list just to make the fucking thing work. 
Yeah. Uh, because it, it it wouldn't be fun. Like you play one game and you fuck up all your serves, or or if someone has some negative modifiers on your serves, you'll totally fuck. The game is over, you know. Because it it's already a hard fucking list to play. But if you take your time and you you write some fluff and you actually name a character, like Chris said, you make a character. This is the guy that he was the the company commander of this company that got sent away by Corax, you know, out to the fucking outer fringes to do whatever. But he is like, he had previously had the same position as Ortak Moore, so it's kind of the same dude. He does the same doctrine. I'm pretty sure there was heaps of other fucking raving. Like, Ortak Moore must have learned from someone else, you know. So who else but this, like, maybe it was Ortak Moore's mentor. Yeah. I got sent away. You know, you can write some fluff about that, and then suddenly, like, I'm, I'm, I'm a bit more high up the fluff scale than, than Chris. There, I, I would give him like a fucking eight or a nine. Like, if you do some really nice background story about and you create this character and and how he's like, he used to be Ortak Moore's mentor, and then because of the Terran and stuff, and he was in charge of you know whatever company that was, and made mo- mostly Terrans and Terminators, and yeah, and then he got sent away, and then. This is what he do now. Like he he's the one that perfection this sort of, you know, air mobile cavalry cavalry hit and run strikes, yeah, mm-hmm. in fast and hard grab what stuff. And it kind of ties in into becoming black shields because later on they they probably need instead of having this regular infiltrating stuff, they actually need to have flyers and stuff that can come out so they can scavenge equipment and kind of keep on going. Yeah. So, yeah. So it's definitely a good base to become like the background story of an awesome Black Shield force mm-hmm. that started out as Raven God. Uh, I'm going to say, to take it as I see it straight away, um, as a an air ca- a Raven Guard air cavalry list, I really like it. Uh, in my mind, without really sort of knowing too much about the the raven guards actual fluff this is something i i like the thought of of seeing a large number of flyers and skimmers and everything come rolling in towards the enemy on the battlefield i think it plays very nicely into the feel of the uh was it the angel's wrath um right of war looking down into the nuts and bolts of it i think we've we've nailed it on the head that there is some technical needs in this list um, which is most definitely the the reserve manipulation like we've talked about already um, the staying power on turn one which again would all make sense in a thematic fluffy way as well because no commander would send an army that was going to get obliterated in the opening salvo ideally um, and then when listen to you guys talk more and more about the the, the actual fluff of the Raven Guard, um, I can see where you're coming from and where where you're going in the in that sort of direction. So um, yeah, what I, I would probably say it's around the sort of six to seven uh, mark overall for what I see it as. Uh, I'd give it an eight for the just the sheer incoming fluff of the the air wing. I, I love it. Um, but yeah, if we're going to go proper heresy, then I don't know, round round the five and six mark, like you guys have said, 
because I, I'll, well, bow, I'll bow to, I'll bow to, no, no, I'm, I'm going, I'm going, so I'll, I'll bow to some more knowledge on this. So I'll be, I'll be harsh because then I get to be the bad guy for this piece. Um, all right, then I'll say six and a half, seven. Fair enough. There we are. If I have to still be a bad guy, but um, I think it's important that uh, you know we talk about all those different aspects in there. I'd say that this army could be really cool if it was remade as a proper Black Shield list instead. If it was possible to take all this as Black Shields or close yeah. to it? Well, you can take most of it as Black Shields. The yeah. only thing you can't take is the Legion-specific ones. Mm. But yeah. you can get some uh, bonuses with uh, all the Wrought by Wars Black Shields have that would fit really well with uh, Raven Guard. Cool. Well, see what happens. Rewrite it. Give 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 the guy some inspiration and see where he goes. But we all know that Eric loves his Raven Guard. So we can uh, still we can still basically play them as uh, as he, his own force, but they would use rules that would fit more for those exiled Raven Guards that were kicked out of the Legion for being too Terran for Korax like. <laughs> yeah, but they they didn't go full fucking thing in the until they're commander died that was like super loyal to Korax and this could be the guy that is the Ortrek more so this yeah. is why they're still Raven Guards yeah as I said there's more than one way to go that's what I want to say <laughs> uh, more, more than one way to throw it all that sounds like a lot of fun and it sounds like a way that uh, I know Eric could take it so let's move on because I do believe those are the two lists that we've got uh, yep. we've covered them pretty well and hopefully given you guys a lot of inspiration and thoughts and then I think before we head on out to our main section we just need to cover the new stuff the news and the new stuff so um, Chris you're usually the one who likes to lead us through this one do you want to take us through quickly what's out at the forge anything important just going to see what I actually wrote yeah uh, the forge have got a load of great bundles currently it's yeah. almost like they want people to start buying stuff again from them and it also coincides with uh, the updated rules for all of the Imperial Armor stuff for 8th edition. So it's a good way to launch that as well for them. Mm-hmm. And those Imperial Armor books are basically all of the fun lists, like the Bad of War lists and the City of Racks lists and all of that, plus all of the Fortress miniatures that you would want to play if you were playing Heresy in 40k, basically. Right, the, bundles, gotcha. the, the bundles are nice. They're actually a bit of a discount on them this time, and that's a really good thing. Uh, I think the Marauder Wing, whatever they call it, is mm-hmm. discount about £35. Oh, that's quite nice. Good. Yeah, well, if you want the Marauder into Vultures, it's a good deal. <laughs> this is true. Well, Militia, maybe. You never know. Well, Mechanicum, because you can't use the Vultures in Militia. Oh. All right, then, fair you enough. can use the Marauder. That's true. Well, you can get uh, one of those air wings. Though. Yeah, but uh, you can't use those because you need the rules for Mechanicum Sword or Reductor extra rules to actually use them. Okay. Those, those special ones. Aww. The regular ones, on the other hand. But if you, if you want to do the super heavy detachment they have here, they have uh, Crassus and two Praetor, and you can run those perfectly in a in a reductor list if you want to yeah. and a regular ones now yeah and they've, ones. they've got the lovely Sarastus Nightwing sitting there as well and the uh, Stormbringers the air, air wing detachment yeah, and, the Eric wing yeah They're, and uh, the Talon of Chaos the air wing detachments if you want to make a later heresy 
maybe just use the Battle for Terror. The Hell Talents instead. That could be pretty cool. As the Lightnings or Siphons. That could be pretty cool. So They have also released a really nice Gouged Eye Orc Blood Bowl Neoprene pitch. I just had to mention that. Yeah, they're they're doing mats now. They're doing some really beautiful stuff, to be fair, for uh, for, um, Blood Bowl. And they've, they've, I have to admit, I have to say, I really like the, um, the, the White Dwarf special character and the Black Gobbo that they've released. (laughs) Um, the black Uh, gobbo looks (laughs) yeah that that black gobbo is proper sneaky and I think he looks awesome Um, so yeah (laughs) just had to mention that because there's some really fun models they're bringing out there and it bodes well for the future of specialist games if if they keep this up yeah Yeah, very very true I can't can't wait for Necromunda and Mordheim oh if they do those games I've got my fingers crossed thumbs held Tubes tied the whole nine yards, just hoping. It's um, Battlefleet Gothic. Oh, yeah. mate. oh, mate, that would be so beautiful. That would be so yeah. so beautiful. Right. Well, before unless it's a straight up remake, because there's some really weird rules in Battlefleet Gothic that doesn't really work. But that's even the guy who designed it said. So. Let's just be happy if they even contemplate it and make a move towards doing it. Yeah. Uh, so let's let's unless there's anything else we need to talk about right now. I don't think there is um, we should head on out to a song and then we'll be coming back with a recorded interview with myself and Chris recorded with AJ from the Victoria Heresy group and we'll let that do it speak for itself because that's what we're all here for is just to hear a little bit more about you, one of our listeners who got in touch with us and remember you guys can do the same just drop us an email at thefrangianheresy at gmail.com with anything you'd like us to talk about if you'd like to get on the show to promote something give us a shout and we will see what we can do so other than that we're going to head on out to tune and we'll be right back Dude, we can still use the pick. You use one half, I'll use the other. There's still some juice in there, probably. You know what I mean? Where's that thing? Yeah. 
take Cage back to hell. What? Trust me, Cage. It's the only way. What are you talking about? To be your little bitch. Fine. Let the rock off begin. His sex slave. You're gonna goggle mayonnaise. No. Unless we bust a massive monster mama jam. <laughs> Dude, we've been through so much shit. Deactivated lasers with my dick. Now, now it's, it's time, time to, to blow, blow this fucker down. Come on, Cage, now it's time to blow doors down. I hear your jables, now it's time to blow doors down. Light up the stage, cause it's time for a showdown. We'll bend you over, then we'll take it around town. Now we got to blow this fucking down. He's gonna rape me if we do not blow doors down. Come on, Cage, cause it's time to blow doors down. Who will find dragons? It's time for the back Tonight, our main segment is, well, it's all about you guys. It's all about the listeners. I mean, the whole episode, it's a listener episode. And we have one listener in particular, um, a man who needs no introduction because we're going to do an introduction in a minute. So, yeah, simple as that. Um, so we're going to get him to introduce himself. Say hello, AJ. Good evening. Ooh, Ooh. This, this is a man with a voice for radio. This is the, I didn't say face for radio. That's my line. <laughs> so AJ is joining us from across the seas, all the way over in British Columbia, uh, Victoria, British Columbia. If I'm correct, is that right? That is correct, Jody. Awesome. See, I, I I can do this the whole geography thing and read notes, like I know what I'm talking about. Um, <laughs> so AJ, welcome to the Virgin Heresy podcast. Welcome to our second ever listener focus episode. Um, you got in touch with us, didn't you? Of, uh, and sort of gave us a shout and said, "Oi, you lot!" 
Yeah, you know, as soon as you guys threw out the call, uh, I immediately uh, emailed you and said, hey, I want to, you know, talk about our local scene that's uh, blooming here in Victoria and on Vancouver Island in general. And, you know, thanks for having me got, having me on. I appreciate it. You're very let's, welcome. Let's uh, put in a little note of truth here. He reached out to us, and then he had to wait several months because some of us might have forgotten to reply. And that might have been me. So, Chris, for that. Chris, we've talked about oh, this whole note of truth thing, man. This whole note of truth thing—it's—it's—it's not—it's not required, dude. It's radio. We can, you know. Damn it. Okay, fair enough. It's done. It's out there now. Yes. Thank you for the patience. That's just because you don't subscribe to the Imperial Truth, Jody. We we get it. This is true. This is very true. I really don't <laughs> subscribe to the Imperial Truth for many, many reasons. It's all lies and blasphemy. I tell you. <laughs> but you know let's not get me triggered uh, so Kyrvalen. oh sorry moving on <clears throat> get out <laughs> get stab and twist <laughs> stab and twist you, you, ladies and gentlemen you will be able to soon be able to buy your very own Jody knife rack a uh, knife block uh, with multiple knives stabbed in between my shoulders and twisted <laughs> for easy removal um, or easy reinsertion. You can put me down for a pre-order on that. You're, so do, you're already I on should, the gift list, man. You're all good. <laughs> I should almost do like this. If you you two talk about AJ, mm. and I gonna might go do a Michael and uh, do and uh, you know those knife blocks that are basically a cartoon guy with knives in him. Yeah. And just put a face on it. Oh. So we'll see what happens. I hate you. I love you, but I hate you. <laughs> <laughs> so enough of enough of our banter and bitching. Um, let's 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 talk. Let's talk with you, AJ. Let's get, get let's actually talk about you. Let's start with that's that's what I said. You're going to do an introduction. So give us a history about yourself, man. Tell tell the tell the rabid listeners um, at us because it, it helps us too. Um, all about yourself. All right. Well, uh, like I said, I'm uh, located in Victoria, B.C., in Canada, on Vancouver Island. And um, being a longtime uh, 40K player, uh, originally got in to 40K back in second edition with the second edition Tyranid Codex uh, back in 97, I believe. And uh, from there, I kind of dabbled through Tyranids and Guard and Orcs and Space Marines and, you know, that, you know, 12-year-old, 13-year-old with major hobby ADD and basically stayed in the hobby till about mid-third edition, kind of played Necromunda and Battlefleet Gothic and, you know, that kind of golden era of the time. And then, like, uh, you know, kind of the typical story, got into high school, took a break for a while, uh, dabbled back in during my college years about when the Tau uh, Army was released. So don't know exactly when that was, probably around 2001. Uh, did it for a couple years and just at the time didn't have the money, so kind of fell back out of it and then got back into 40K uh, pretty much right when 6th edition dropped and played uh, Nurgle Demons and Eldar for a while and then that lasted until the 7th edition Eldar book dropped and basically I play Eandon, so all wraiths, and once everything was converted to D shots, I was like, okay, and I'm just going to close this book because no one's going to want to play this army, and that was pretty much when I made the transition into 30K, so uh, originally it was uh, 
the independent characters uh, that really, you know, got my beak wet with their review episodes. And uh, about, you know, I got into Heresy right before the first Heresy uh, Games Workshop box set drop. So I uh, started uh, dabbling in there. And basically, once that you know, once basically all the craziness started happening with 7th edition, I basically bowed out of 40K and did the full switch to uh, to 30K. Um, so, yeah, that's that's my quick, brief history there. Um, and uh, now, basically, I started off playing Mechanicum, which is my primary um, love of 30K. Basically have two lists, one that's centered around Order Reductor, another one that's Cybernetica, but then I also have 6,000-plus points of Iron Hands, and then soon I will be starting an Emperor's Children army, Ooh. which uh, I am very much looking forward to. But, uh, yeah, that's my kind of uh, quick quick little history, and, and basically once I uh, got into 30K and there was, you know, I started to see that there was a scene building here i decided to start uh victoria heresy 30k and and get uh start you know hosting some events and getting the community together here both in victoria and the surrounding area and and start to uh kind of put on events that are you know like you're gonna go to a buddy's house and play some games drink some beers and just have a good time and you know not it not have it to be super serious more on a, a narrative side base and you know just throw dice and have a good time sounds awesome uh, I, before we go any further into discussing any of that I, I would like to take a moment to solemnly note you must be the only honest soul who has ever looked at an Eldar Codex realized it switched to D and then closed the goddamn thing <laughs> I, 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 am, I am mildly knocked rocked back even on that that is that is rather awesome of you sir i i doff my cap to you at being a legitimately honest human being and realizing that yeah especially <laughs> no. since, it, since it sounded like you also owned tau yeah uh, yeah a little bit that was that was years and years ago i yeah. you know it was kind of like they, the new they hot make, thing, make a but... great match they make a great match <laughs> they do or they yeah, did like like necron <laughs> like necrons and blood angels um you were... <laughs> they actually uh... work on the on the table yeah, they, they, you were a little bit Tau curious, I think, is what what you li like to say there, and you know, yes, everybody dabbles well, a little like, bit. For me, it's you know, it's not about it's. I'm a hobbyist first and a gamer second, and for me, like I said, you know, getting together with someone and you know having some laughs, drinking some beers, you know, you know, I don't care if I get swept off the table as long as I'm having fun doing it, and you know, if I as soon as I started to see that stuff, I was like. I'm not going to have fun playing this and people aren't going to have fun playing me. So what's the point is kind of where that's where my gamer head lies, I guess. So, you know, I, I'm not just in it for me. It's a, it's a, a two person game and both people should be having fun. So, you know, that's, it's I, the creed is of that a 30K, crazy man. thing to say? No, that, that, <laughs> yeah, that is like exactly. the creed of 30 K man. That, that's just, Beautiful, absolutely beautiful to hear, and we, we, we'll probably steal that and put it on a T-shirt as well. So you know, just so you know. Uh, but <laughs> you, you sound like you've, you've had a fair, a fair trip through all of the uh, different forces and uh, fluff and backgrounds and everything out there when it came to oh, yeah. uh, to 
sort of 40k what made you jump to mechanicum straight away just out of interest um i've just i I, there's always been something about mechanicum that i've loved since second edition since getting into the hobby um just you know at that time there weren't any models and and it was basically right about when the 40k models came out that was really when i made the decision to go 40 or go to 30k because i'm like all right i'm gonna spend a bunch of money either way um and let's just man up and and go the the manly route which is uh which is into the heresy so i think mostly what brought me there was uh the fluff you know that it was completely different uh no one that i knew that was playing heresy here in the area had a a mechanicum army that i knew about at the time so i was like all right let's uh Let's get into this. And, I, you know, mostly I gravitate towards shooting heavy toughness uh, kind of armies. So it was a, a perfect match. That sounds absolutely spot on. I mean, you know, please do do both of you do us a favor. Don't go into binary when talking about the Mechanicum. But Chris is also a massive <laughs> Mechanicum player. Um, oh, I know. <laughs> you both you both run uh, you put you run Cybernetica as well. Is that right, Chris? I know you run Order Reductor, or is it Tagmata you run? Because you got my Castellax. That's true, I do. Or well, they're now my Castellax. Uh, yeah. Just like you got my Knight <clears throat> Asheron, and I got your... Yeah, anyway, let's not go down that route. <laughs> <laughs> but, um, so you started off with uh, with the, the Heavy Men of Metal, and then went into more Metal Men. If we uh, if we take it right with the Iron Hands, yeah, I've, it was actually the first Space Marine Legion that I've ever really painted to my full potential, and I've it's it's been one of those chapters in 40k that I was like, oh, you know, maybe one day I'll do this, and then uh, basically I have a, a really good friend uh, here, my buddy Matt, who's uh, super into 40k, but doesn't have an army himself. Um, you know, he was the main guy that I started really playing when I got back into the hobby. And so basically what it comes down to is when I switched to 30K, he was like, okay, well, what am I going to do? So, you know, being the very nice friend that I am, I decided to paint another army basically for him to use. <laughs> so, um, you know, it's still one of my loves is the Iron Hands, but it's it's uh, it's mostly so uh, my buddy can also participate. Um, but yeah, you know, just uh, like I said, I, I really like high toughness uh, shooting uh, armies. So decided with the Iron Hands to go of a more heavy vehicle. Um, now I'm kind of building towards a an all land raider list with uh, like a glaive and all the sprinkles on top. Um, uh, casual glaive so yeah. time. Yeah, the casual glaive, exactly. I and love then just push forth into it. And push what into it? Push forth into the character. Oh. oh, dear. See? I love the way your mind works, Chris. It's just, it's it's nastiness is what that is. We know this. It's true, true nastiness. It's absolutely rude. So, okay. And now, as you said, you're um, you're definitely taking a left turn now, to be fair. If that's the type of army you like to play, you are most definitely taking a left turn. Um, going down the Emperor's Children route. Or, or are you? Question. 
I I am. Um, I've got you know most of a box of calf sitting under my bed unassembled. We're just waiting to turn into veterans. And uh, basically, one of the things that I like to do every time I start a new project is one figure I'd like to do something usually that's completely different from any army that I've done before so with the iron hands I've never really done an assault heavy focus list so that's kind of what I'm gearing myself towards and I also want to always try to improve my hobby skills so I always try to pick something whether it's a technique or um, like adding transfers or like highlighting or do something to improve my skills. So with uh, with the Emperor's Children, uh, actually next weekend, I'll be heading down to Seattle to do a two-day airbrush course with uh, CK Studios. So I'm uh, looking to make that kind of my main focus of the Emperor's Children and uh, take the skills that I hopefully walk out of there with and apply them to... Uh, this new army focus ah, big shout out to ck studios uh you can find them on facebook at uh, if you look for ck studios uh if you're in the area or if you're anywhere in the seattle area um as well uh otherwise they're doing they're basically doing a summer tour by the look of it uh, yeah they're going all over the place uh throughout canada and the u.s and from my understanding and hearing all about MKA from you guys and, and you know, the Aya Horus guys. Um, it sounds like a very similar format, like two days you go and paint a, um, a Contemptor Dreadnought and uh, hopefully walk out of there with painted Contemptor at the end. So I'm really, really looking forward to it. My my credit card, not so much, but I'm looking forward to it. Well, to be fair, if you can run quick enough, you can probably get more than one painted contemporary from the course. Yeah, if you yeah I've thought about taking my calf down as well. <laughs> I, I just picked up uh, the, the Legion-specific um, one for the Emperor's Children, so I'm, that's going to be my focus, but then I've got an extra calf one, so I... I might end up taking that down. We'll we'll have to see cool. if I can get it get it assembled in time. That's going to be the the tough part. Yeah, well, just enjoy it, man. It's going to be a, it's going to be so much fun. You're going to love it, and it's going to add, as we said off air, it's going to add a, a whole new tool to your painting skills, and uh, it's going to be so much fun. Uh, and I'm looking at the stuff the guys have done here. Go on, jump on, take a look at their Facebook page. Um, I've got, uh, I'll put a link in the show notes um, so everybody can go and jump over there. And uh, yeah, awesome. I was just glad to see the hobby growing in that way that you're getting out there and upping your skill level, which is uh, just, it just makes the scene better. I have to be honest and say that, that you know, we've, we've seen an extremely positive reaction um, with people just sort of upping their own army more than anything else. Um, so just sort of see how it goes, um, but I know it's going to have a positive effect on what you're doing out there, which is going to be. Brilliant. Well, that's that's the plan. I do have a couple of my buddies that are like, so we're coming over for the weekend after, so you can teach us all the stuff you learned. I'm like, oh, okay, I see how it is. <laughs> yeah, I see how it is. Here's twice the course price, and you know, pay me, and then we're good. <laughs> yeah, and exactly. The, and the fact that you you're just a student and. You're gonna repeat what a teacher said the weekend before when you were busy as hell, just trying to learn yourself. Yeah, to, to they, quote they Star probably... Wars, <laughs> first yeah. I was the student, now I am the master. It's gonna be when your friends <laughs> come over, basically. Yeah, basically, this is an airbrush. 
And here's the phone number to the course. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you pay for the skills, man. You 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 enjoy them. Um, so yeah, we've got um, <clears throat> we've got some stuff to talk about for tonight uh, because it's it's important that we actually focus down on what we're here to talk about, uh, and that is uh, the Victoria Heresy and your, your scene out, out there in Victoria. Um, and I'd really like to sort of sort of have a chat about that in uh, a fair amount of detail because I, I, I'm really interested. Because, like I said again, off air that we we've, we've got the guys, uh, we've got JP and Mark covering pretty much Canada at the moment. Um, so we we learn through them, and we learn through well, we always seem to learn through all the other podcasts. But it's uh, just nice to have someone from a new area. So yeah, tell us about you know you mentioned it earlier on about sort of you know wanting to get the game going. You've literally painted another army to get a friend into it. You've started running events. Tell us about it, man. Tell us tell us about Victoria Heresy. Sure, love to. Um, so yeah, like I said before, I'm I'm more of a hobbyist first, uh, gamer second. So for the first few years after getting back into the hobby, um, you know, I was a little bit hesitant to go to any tournaments or organized events uh mostly because i you know i didn't know a lot of people in the area um and just didn't you know i'd heard from various podcasts and you know the stigma that a lot of events can be very uh competitive and and you know that's just not my my scene i i like to get together with a bud you know drink some beers uh have some laughs and you know not take anything too serious i'm not out there to you know crush face i'm out there to enjoy more of the narrative of of side of things which has led me to 30k but uh i guess it really started with uh i did a trip a couple of i guess about three years ago and went to the lvo uh i had no one to go to so with so i went by myself and uh ended up doing a couple painting courses did beer hammer which was super fun and kind of that was my like sessing out of the of the event scene and i was like all right so this you know this is cool there's not as many you know i was i was worried about that guy you know walking up to a table and dealing with that guy and rules lawyering and and when i actually went there and played games it was anything but that you know everyone was super super welcoming you know buying each other drinks and just having a good time so uh, you know that kind of was the first step of lighting the fire under my butt to uh, start Victoria Heresy. And then it wasn't until about October of last year that I went to my first local tournament, uh, the Kipper's Melee, and uh, went up there, and it was about a 12-man 30K event, and I ended up having an absolute blast. And through, you know, going to that and then listening to a whole bunch of podcasts really where it all stems from is this is all Tim and Michael's fault <laughs> at the eye of horror podcast. I've been a listener of theirs since day one and, you know, hearing about all these really cool events, um, you know, nothing was coming to my area and, and going to this Kippers event, it was fun and I had lots of fun, but it, it was a standard kind of tournament, you know, just using the, the standard red book, uh, missions, which, you know, nothing wrong with that, but I wanted to, you know, I loved all these, these events that I was hearing about down in, in, um, 
in Australia with the dog tags and like what Freddie and you guys have been doing up in Sweden and just having more of a, a story driven narrative type event. And finally, after going to this Kippers event, um, I was like, well, you know what? These things aren't coming anywhere close to me. And the only way this is going to happen is if I get off my my ass and, and actually do it myself. So um, quickly after this uh, Kippers event last year, I started Victoria Heresy to start hosting local events and uh, and kind of it's just blossomed from there. Um, so basically um, with these events, it's kind of trying to focus more on a narrative side of things and have that not so serious, just get together, you know, have fun, throw dice, drink some beers, have some laughs. That's really the atmosphere that I wanted to take into into my events. Um, but not only that, have, you know, theme tables and have, you know, fully painted armies and fully painted terrain and getting fat mats on every every single table and, and really focus on not so much, you know, who won or lost, but on sportsmanship and on painting and you know, just having a good time. Like, what are the, you know, the big, the funny moments? Like, you know, some fluke accident happens that blows up a couple tanks. Like, those, that's the kind of stuff that that I love with our game. It's not so much who wins and, and who loses. So that was really the focus that I wanted to put into uh, into Victoria Heresy. Um, and, and basically, you know... People like uh, Tim and Michael and and Freddie and you guys, you know, all of the and and really, the that's been you guys have been like the primary reason that I've got off my ass to actually start hosting these events. But then as well with the Age of Darkness and uh, JP and Mark and doing the kind of very narrative side of things, like all of that, just I poured all those podcasts into a stew pot and mixed it all up and hopefully. You know the the atmosphere that comes out of uh, these Victoria Heresy events are have a little taste of all of that. Um, so that's you know that's basically my primary reasons for for starting Victoria Heresy here locally. Sounds absolutely the most legitimate reason for starting anything, let alone Heresy. You know, just wanting to make it exactly what you want it to be and, and about the gaming and the fun um, which is absolutely brilliant um, I want to go back actually I mean yes we, we've established this before we came on air that basically Tim and Michael uh, it's all Tim and Michael's fault is now probably a legal defence in several nations um, <laughs> and if not it's, mo it's most definitely some sort of way of um, claiming temporary insanity um, but you know we, we talked about your, um, you know, you sort of got your first the bug of actually getting into the heresy. We talked about that earlier on. Tell me a little bit about the the tournament that you went to, your first tournament, the Kippers Melee. Uh, just to give me a little bit about that. How, as a new player getting into the scene, how did you sort of find that, and then what did you take away from that in a bit more detail to to starting up Victoria Heresy and then sort of your events. Sure. Yeah. Um, so I I heard originally, but so the Kippers Melee is uh, an annual event that happens in Nanaimo, BC, which is uh, just north of Victoria by about two hours here on Vancouver Island. 
um, and it's run um, by this wonderful woman named Jen, who puts on, you know, it's it's a it's a board game slash wargaming tournament. So they have everything from Malifaux to 40k to I think Bolt Action and Blood Bowl, and it's it's just a mixed bag. And and this was really the first um, event that anyone in that I know in the area that plays uh, 30k or at least at the time this was the first kind of event that happened so a few of us all got in the car and and headed up and I would say there's probably in total about 75 people over the course of the two-day event um, the 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 30k side of things was uh, was smaller more of 12 people but it was uh <coughs> it was held at uh one of the local legions uh here um or up in nanaimo and so had had beverages and you know everyone was really chilled and laid back and you know lots of other gamers coming from you know other areas where they're playing other systems to come check it out and uh and I always find, or I have since now going to a lot of tournaments, is that uh, is that 30k just brings people. It, you know, the, it, because it's Forge World, because people don't see these things usually, it just brings people are drawn to the tables. They want to come and talk, and and especially that they're mostly fully painted, or at least at that time, that was a mostly fully painted event. Where you know you look over at some of these other game tables and it's just like oh there's yet another army of bare plastic and uh you know so i when you when people see these hey there's four tables there and it's all on fat mats and fully painted terrain and everything's painted it it really draws people in to come and ask questions so that was uh you know that was kind of like all right there's there's a there's a budding scene here. This is something that I can I can grab hold of this uh, of this and and hopefully make make something of it. Um, so like I said, it was kind of a three. Uh, it was a one day event for the 40, 30k, and it was uh, three missions uh, for the regular red book missions, and then afterwards everyone. You know, we did like a big mega battle and it was, uh, you know, got to meet a lot of new people, new people I hadn't gamed with. And it was uh, it, it was lots of fun. You know, like you said, it it gave me the bug. <laughs> yeah. And it's it's goddamn addictive. Let's let's be fair. Um, it so absolutely when, is. So when when you uh, when you sort of went through that and you said, you know, what, I'm going to sit down, I'm going to do do an event here. I'm going to make this happen. What what was your what was your literal the first thing you went this is what I have to have what was your sort of bottom line when you you said this is what VC Her VC Heresy is going to be about uh, what am I going to do what what's your key goal out there at the moment I would say it it, it was a, a twofold thing uh, the first is that fully painted is for closers um, you know that's that's pretty much my main goal for all of my events is to uh, you know, I, I don't. I've been called an elitist before for making these things fully painted, but I, I really don't feel that it's an elitist thing to play the game the way it was in, you know, meant to be played. So mm -hmm. that would be number one. And then number two was to get in, in touch with uh, the powerful Andrew Hollis at uh, Tagged Events and and make these things uh, a dog tag event as well. Sweet. And, uh, you, and so you got out, you got into the dog tag game. 
Absolutely. Every every event so far, uh, people have walked away. Every person that registers for the event gets a, a dog tag. Um, the first one, it was just one dog tag for everyone. It was all the same. And then we switched to doing one specific loyalist dog tag and a trader dog tag. Ooh, and then nice. every single one of our prizes uh, as well. So best, you know, whether it's best sportsman, um, best painted, those kinds of things, those also you get a prize, but you also get a dog tag prize as well. Ooh, like that. That's mm. good thinking. We've, we've not taken that idea, which we might steal. Um, <laughs> no, Go I mean, right ahead. <laughs> well, I appreciate it. Uh, that's a really yeah. cool idea. I like that. I mean, what, what, what are you, I mean, you talked about the hobbying awards, that sort of stuff. And what's, what are you running there? If, if, if I'm going to sign up to your next event, and we will, I'm sure, talk about your next event or what, what the plans are. What am I? What am I going to see? What am I going to be sort of getting myself into? Um, what am I going to be walking into as a as a player, as someone who goes, "Hell's yeah, I want in." All right. Well, uh, uh, the the next event that we're doing is going to be we're going back to Kippers. This time, I'm going to be running the 30k event, and instead of a one day event, we are switching it to a two day event. Um, it is going to be. 3,000 points per person. Um, it is going to be a total. Right now, we are limited to 16 spots. Um, I believe we have 14 full right now. So we're we're getting down to the the pickings here. Um, if people, I think I've got two loyalist spots currently left open. Uh, the rest are filled up, but we also have a wait list and. Uh, as soon as people, the more tickets that we sell immediately, hopefully we might be able to open up some more space. So uh, for any of you guys that have already confirmed, please go and buy your tickets. Uh, anyone that wants to uh, be part of it, hop on to uh, Victoria Heresy 30K events on Facebook and you can find out some more information. But uh, basically it's going to be a two-day event. The first day we are going to be doing... Um, it will be eight tables. Each table is going to be themed and have a themed mission for that table. Um, each The trader and loyalists will be combating uh, with each table to try to basically win the most wins at that table on day one. And if you, so if we have a city table and the traders get it, have the most points on that table, that will give them something special for day two. And um, then day two, instead of it being 1v1 games, we are going to do two massive 4v4 games that will be played on two 6x8 tables with a 6x4 Zone Mortalis board as a subsection of that that table. So very narrative. There's going to be special missions to, um, you know, get down into the into the facility that we're going to be playing on and basically get down into the ZM levels to either like blow up a refinery or, you know, these kinds of special missions that we're going to have. So it's, uh, it's definitely going to be more geared towards the narrative and, and um, some of the prizes that we are going to be giving out will be um, best sportsman trader, best sportsman loyalist, best painted uh, trader, best painted loyalist, best general, and then best overall, which will be a combined 
score of sportsman points, painting points, and um, game wins, I guess. So that's kind of uh, a quick little overview of what's going on with uh, the next upcoming event. Sweet. Well, I'm sure, sadly, apart from the exuberant cost of a plane ticket, I, I was about to sign up. So um, <laughs> you, had, you had me sold. It's like, okay, damn, this is an event I want in on. Uh, so you guys have, I mean, that's that's what's coming up. That's what can I, I can expect. But you guys have run a couple of events so far. Um, we have. And I've got, if I'm right, uh, we've got Shadow War Begins and Land to Sea 30K. Is that right? That is correct. Yeah. Um so why don't you give us a, give us an idea on those two events? Because I, I I want to hear about this. I want to hear about what what you've put together already and where what's uh, what's come from it. And th- there's got to be a couple of um, I like to refer to them as as either Leroy Jenkins moments or perfection moments, depending on um, <laughs> depending on how, how how much you know about uh, our, our beautiful Freddie and his his fantastic dice rolling. <laughs> oh, I I know quite a bit about it. I, I watched it. Uh, I watched the Adepticon stream, so I definitely know. <laughs> just, just, a little, just a little spoiler: it hasn't improved since. Oh no! Ooh. Oh no! No, we, we we're pretty sure that you know when it comes to initiative tests and leadership tests, perfect. Everything else, nah. Yeah. <laughs> it, and so it's more proven that it's not the dice. <laughs> it's, it's it's just the man. <laughs> yeah, it's solely the man. It's, that's all we can say. But we we still love him. So yeah, tell, tell which which came first, the Shadow Wars or the the Lantisi Thirty K? So Shadow War begins uh, was our first event. Um, it was basically a warm up to the Lantisi event. Um, I was uh, I was asked to potentially put on um, the Lantisi event, which uh, Lantisi is a local. Um, convention here in town that originally it started as a, like a LAN party and basically grew from computer games to now um, doing board games and card games and war gaming and you know pretty much any sort of nerdy gaming that you that you can uh, you can think of, including uh, even there's a bunch of cosplayers and stuff. So. Uh, a pretty big event here locally that happens every year, and so when they asked me to do this, I didn't have any experience, but I I hopped on it, and so so I wasn't walking into that two day event completely dry. I uh, I decided to put on the Shadow War Begins event, which uh, was held at um, there's a local gaming group here in town that has a a venue um, just outside of town, so we were they were gracious enough to let us use their facilities and we had a small 12 person event um six tables total and did the shadow war missions and kind of worked that in as well to the global uh heresy campaign so that's another aspect of each one of my events that with the the ongoing global heresy campaign we're trying to also work these events somehow in into that whether either it's loosely narratively tied to it or happening directly on the planet or subsection or or where whatever is going on currently that month um so it was a a really good event uh mostly it was a lot of our usual gaming group uh that we deal with here locally so uh you know knew basically knew everyone that was coming um which was was great to test things out and see how things run and uh you know that that first one was more of a learning experience for me and how 
how to like keep people's attention and keep people playing on time and you know to speak up and be loud and you know kind of you're I, I'm the one leading it so it, it was a, a little bit loose and there was definitely things I could improve on um, so it was a, a really good experience to start off before jumping into a two-day event you had, um, to, you had so, to get your TO swagger on is basically where you had to be exactly <laughs> now, I got I've got one question um, yes. the land party group and, and is there somebody who regularly gets duct taped to the ceiling to play or is that just uh you know i, I just wondered if that was a thing duct taped to the ceiling oh, is, that, is that from something oh <laughs> dude you did yeah okay now i show my age yes it's the the, the 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 classic picture of a land party taking place and a guy who literally has been duct taped to the ceiling or an air duct uh, <laughs> to play in a land party um <laughs> I'm not going to mention names, but yes, that do happen. Yeah. <laughs> See, I knew that. I knew it. I knew it. Thank you, Chris. You've just made my but evening. Last time, last time I go was actually taped to the wall, not to the ceiling. <laughs> well, it was a big venue, so it, it could have <laughs> happened. It could have happened. There was, there was also a lot of space, so who knows. Um, awesome. So the, the Shadow Wars, uh, that was just sort of the first event that you ran. Uh, yeah, and, and you got you got your kinks out, got your to swagger on, and uh, felt it all going well. Then you you sort of rumbled into land to see 30k. I did, yeah. One other thing, I guess, on on just the Shadow War, I, oh, yeah. the, the the biggest moment for me of the Shadow War, um, you know, it, it was the first time that I made something fully painted only. You know, you don't show up with unpainted models, and I was a little bit worried about it. Um, you know, there's a lot of guys that like to you know, be practicing on lists and switching things up and like, yeah, I'm just testing this out so it's not painted yet. And, you know, I totally get that for when you're kicking around at someone's house, but in a tournament, you know, I, I want things to be fully painted. So I was a little bit worried about that. And uh, at the end of the event, I had three separate people come up to me and say, you know, thank you for making this fully painted. I've never actually played on a table where both armies are fully painted and there's fully painted terrain and you know thank you for doing that so that was that really spurred me and was just like all right that i'm i'm on the right right track here oh, hell so yeah. yeah from there rolled into uh the lanacy event and and that was a a two-day event and basically what we did for that was we went through again it was another shadow war uh event series which we used all of the we did five out of the six missions for the shadow wars so everyone got a a taste of of that mission set and uh we also uh, you know each each time we do one of these these events we try to up the the narrative side of things so with um with lanacy my my partner um teo he put together a narrative map which um, one of the things requirements for everyone to bring was to bring a pin or, or some sort of marker that would um, mark where your army is on this map. And as each uh, as each round progressed, we would update the map and and, and you'd kind of see the ebb and flow of of the of the battle. And we put that right kind of at the at the beginning of where our table started. Um, in the venue, which was right near all the 40k tables, and and one of the the main goals of this event was that we wanted to make basically make our ta- make the people at the 40k event 
be jealous of what was going on over at the 30K. <laughs> and That's the we wholeheartedly <laughs> yeah, succeeded. Beautiful, <laughs> so, man, beautiful. You know, these guys, not to say that there wasn't beautiful armies there, there, there were, um, but you, you could look over there and you could see that there was – you know, there was some gray plastic on the table or there was just some, you know, just a base coat or, or just a prime on some models. And like I said, there's a lot of beautiful armies there as well. But, you know, playing on on just felt mats where we had all fat mats and very dense terrain where the other tables, it was just, you know, as at, at, not as little as you could, but as little as you could to have a functional game. So we had tons of the guys coming over being like, oh, what's going on here? And, you know, like, oh, the, these tables look amazing. Oh, all your stuff's fully painted. Like, yeah, here we're going to be here next year. Start working on it. So uh, nice. that was, uh, you know, we I felt like we really succeeded in our main goal, which was making the 40K players jealous and you know they're, they're seeing our dog tags and like oh man we didn't get anything like that it's like ah well you should almost the just other have, side sorry for interrupting but no, you should almost okay. just have gone oh well if you like these we're gonna have an event next year uh, if you buy this box here here you have a list for what you can build from this box it's actually a competitive army and then you just hand them a calf box or a prospero box Obviously, they've got to buy it from you because that would be really generous. Otherwise, oh, not obviously not give give, but say that this box contains everything you need to play, basically. And well, we, we did we did hear from a lot, like quite a, I would say at least four or five forty um, k players. I think we were we were at sixteen players for Lanasy, and I think the forty k was about forty players somewhere in there, and we had at least four or five guys come over saying like. You know, I've I've started working on 30k, but I'm not fully painted yet. I'll I'll see you guys here next year. So, I I'm hoping that those people actually follow through, and uh, you know, hopefully we can for the 2018 date we can expand it and make it even bigger. That sounds so awesome, man. And I, I want to say one thing before we talk a little bit more about uh, Lancy. Uh, I want to give big shout outs to the guys who came up and actually said thank you for making it a, th a fully painted event. Um, that's a big thing. The people in the community are getting involved straight away and are actually coming up and giving, you know, good feedback. Uh, and it's not just no, this this wasn't right or that wasn't right. It's like thank you for pushing us. Thank you for making this event something more. Um, I, I big props to those guys and keep doing it because you know that's important. Um, as a TO, you need that sort of feedback to actually know where you're going. Um, but yeah, seriously, man, that sounds really awesome. And I'm I'm just gonna put a note there. Even if you have something really negative to say, say it in a good way. Say it in a yeah, constructive way. Exactly. Because if, if you just rage, no one will actually listen to your complaints. No, they won't. They'll probably just talk about you to talk about you to your to their friends afterwards. You know, when you've gone and they snigger. Yeah. Um, but you know, that's that's how that is. But uh, no, and also props for making the 40k guys jealous. <laughs> that's brilliant. <laughs> that's absolutely brilliant. That's that's. Um, you know that's where where you get the the big pull of players over, and that's awesome just to hear that people are, are, are having the reaction that you want, just looking and going, damn, this is awesome. Let's you know, let's get in on this, or why don't we get that, or why can't we be in on this? It's like, well, you know, like you say, you know, you've had your first taste, you've looked at it, it's shiny, it's pretty. The first taste is free. 
and now <laughs> you got to man up and you know get out there and find your little uh, find your niche and get in get in on this. And yeah, now now you just have to mortgage your house so you can afford an army. Never say that. Never say that. But then to be fair, everybody's probably going to be doing that now with the um, no wait. We said we weren't going to talk about the other thing that's happening right now. <laughs> we said we weren't, but now you don't time. want to trigger yourself, Jody. Don't no, trigger no, yourself. No, no, I'm not, not, not self-triggering. That would that would be very, very wrong. Um, well, well, the the lime green ironhands are still in in the game. I think. The, 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 hang on, which game are we talking about? You oh. know. No, okay. Then, then... Trigger me <laughs> rising. <Stop. laughs> Triggering intensifying. <laughs> Given that I also play Iron Hands, I'm still I'm quite miffed, but they're probably going to sort something for it. But let's not Why can't talk, I talk about negativity. Why can't I mute your microphone from here, Christopher? Why can't I mute your microphone from here? I was just going to mention, let's not keep talking about this. Let's talk about something actually Relevant. entertaining and yes, let's do enjoyable. That. So you've got... You've got the Lancer, you told us about Lancer, which the, both those events sound really awesome. I love the progression of them. And I think it's really smart that you went out there and put something together to actually run run and get the bugs out and get you know see what it was like. Um, I mean, okay, I joke about getting your TO swagger on, but it's a really smart move to get out there and actually see, well, what can I do? What can't I do? How does this work? Um, and that's really awesome. Uh, so props on doing that one, man. Um, yeah, well, I, I definitely had some some good takeaways as just lessons learned from the Lanasy event. Um, you know, one of the things that I didn't spend enough time properly doing was testing out the all of the missions so for both of my major events this year, which is Kippers and Lanasy. That's one of the main things that I'm doing over the next few months is is really dialing into these missions and making sure that they they fit with all the tables because that was one of the things that in the last event it was like here's your mission pack everyone for every round is playing the same mission where in this next event it's going to be um, each table has themed missions that are specific for those tables and in the last in the Lanasy event I just found that a couple of the missions weren't uh, didn't work as well with the current tables that they were set up on so that was a good thing that we we took away. Uh, the the other good takeaway that we had was we like to use generals in our in our events. So at, for the first two events, we we kind of told people, you guys figure out your generals and you guys nominate your who you want to be a general. And and we we've decided we're not going to do that anymore. And we're gonna we're gonna approach certain individuals that we we have experience with and we know that we'll take that job seriously um <laughs> because you know there is it just didn't work i guess the way that i envisioned it functioning and or or my partner who helped me put it on uh teo um also kind of that was the one thing we walked away like okay maybe we should approach that side a little different but um the other thing that I added to the Lanasy event was giving, asking people to give me feedback. And instead of, um, I actually like made a little survey for people to fill out and saying, you know, what do you want to see as the next event? Or doing like book campaigns or doing, um, you know, doing like an Istvan themed event or things like that. And one, one of the things I did was just like put a checkbox being like, I don't care, just keep doing events. And I, I think I got 
I think 90% of the feedback I got was was that checkbox. I was like, well, that's great, but I don't know exactly what people want. But I guess that's better than saying, no, stop doing these things. So, um, yeah, it seems like uh, a lot of people like it. And each one that we do, we learn new things to improve for the next one. Which is absolutely what what should be happening is absolutely brilliant that it is happening i love i, I love the sound of it um are you i don't know if we, we may have touched on it already are you planning on linking the kippers and lantisy events narratively or are you are they going to be their own narratives or what, what are you sort of planning in that direction i think it's kind of going to come down to what's happening in the global heresy at the mm-hmm. time um so the the first, the Shadow War Begins and the first Lanasee event, those were all loosely based. Um, so the, if I remember correctly, the uh, Loyalists took Shadow War Begins, so that gave them an advantage, um, a slight advantage in Lanasee. So that what we did was that they had the initiative and basically were attacking. So they got to, our enemy had to, our enemy general had to, um, nominate one of their players and then our general got to choose who was going to play that player um, so we're that's how we did it and the narrative did loosely link together but um, I'll have to just see what comes about with the, the global heresy because that's uh, means a lot to me of getting the community as a whole around the world kind of um, acting you know in one in one global event is is awesome to me so it makes me writing my narrative a little bit harder because i'm doing it last minute and um but if i can at all link them to, to that that's that's my goal that's absolutely awesome and no pressure on those of us involved running that campaign at all none at all no, no pressure, pressure at all what, no pressure. what month are you guys doing again uh, <laughs> j- j- next month hey, <laughs> next Yuri. month oh okay Yuri, yeah. there's really no pressure on you for that one no no i'm just just the point i'm just the point man who, who gets his reputation thrown under the bus on that one you're just doing all the fun stuff like producing it you know and writing yep. it and doing all, all the technical stuff you know um so yes we're doing next month which is rather fun um and christopher is beavering away on it like an absolute trooper at the moment so um, <laughs> I, I am looking forward to seeing that happen um so am i so yeah so am I. <laughs> wait 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 what <laughs> Dude, we've had this conversation before about dropping things like this when expected. Come on. <laughs> well, it's it's better to drop it when we have a guest on. Okay. <laughs> so it's like, mommy, just so mommy and daddy don't fight because there's a guest on. Okay. Exactly. We understand how this works. <laughs> well, at least it's Chris writing it and it's not Freddy because most likely it would be X-rated then. So. Yeah, true. But um, that's the joy of power of the editing process on um, OS 30K. I'm sure there'll be, some, <laughs> there'll be there'll be some sort of mission that suddenly requires you to, you know, locate and source all the parts of the Serena D'Angelis painting method or something, because it's Freddy and we love him um, and we're disparaging yes, we our own, our own co-host, but it's. It's how it is. Um, <laughs> simple as that, because we, we love the guy. And he's out getting drunk and playing heresy right now, and both Christopher and I are not. So, yeah, we get to kick him. He's not here to defend himself, so we should just dig deep. Damn right we that's, should. That's, that's, the, why you ha- that's why you have a podcast. This is true. <laughs> and this is why I have a knife block coming up on sale at some point. Um, <laughs> so we've, we've had a chat about, I mean, we wanted to go in and talk about the, the Kippers event coming up. 
um, and we've had a yeah. chat about that already. But let's just go over some more distinct details. So I'm looking at it right now. We're looking yeah. at the 21st to 22nd of October this year, and that's at the Royal Canadian Legion uh, Mount Benson branch. And that's uh, yes, that could change potentially, but it still will be in Nanaimo. We're we're potentially looking for a space with large with more space, so we that might change, but uh, the dates will not. That's awesome. Uh, and you've got the the tickets and everything are actually handled directly through um, the Kippers Mealy uh, website, uh, as I'm looking at that, that at the moment. Yep, tickets are currently on sale. The website is still um, basically showing the information from last year, but if you hit the link in the Facebook, it will take you to where you can buy your two-day ticket, and um, you know, the, basically the rest of the information will start getting updated as uh, as we get closer to the event. Cool. Cool. What are we looking at as far as cost is concerned for your your two-day um, event there? So the two-day event is going to be $55. Um, that um, that will cover your actual event ticket. That puts money into uh, um, event prizes, which are at the Kippers event. It's more of a, it's more of a door prize kind of thing. So uh, they do have lots of door prizes. They also, instead of just giving it to you know who who wins first, second, and third. It's more of a, a random draw, and um, which is is a nice way to do it as well. And then um, we will for the 30k event, the 55 dollars will also get you your event exclusive dog tags, um, and as well um, the the prize support on top of that will also be additional dog tags, and then the 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 door prizes that people may or may not receive um, depending on how lucky you are. So, but uh, lots of last year, there was lots and lots of door prizes. I'm pretty sure everyone walked away with something, whether it was uh, an intro box game of some other game or whether it was some bases from secret weapon miniature, everyone's going to walk away with something and a dog tag as well. And awesome. another note on the dog tags is that if anyone's been to any of our previous events, they are able to bring um, their dog tags from that event to use at the Kippers 2017 event. Um, the only caveat to that is you can only use as many dog tags as your opponent has. So if it's your opponent's first game or first event and he only has one dog tag and you've been to three, you can only use one out of your three dog tags. So no no slapping the guy upside the face with uh, with a pile of dog tags. You keep it fair and keep it balanced. Everyone can have fun. You got it. Damn straight. That sounds awesome. Um, so that sounds that sounds like an absolute baller of an event. I'm looking forward to seeing that. Um, and we'd love to have you back on to talk about it as well because I think that's going to be interesting to to hear how it goes. Um, that would be awesome. I'd love to. Cool. So we've got we've got. I'm just looking at the prizes. So you got best traitor, best loyalist, or best painted traitor, best painted loyalist. I'm, I'm assuming models, not somebody who actually comes in body paint. <laughs> yes, models. Yes, it's uh, basically we do uh, a show and tell at uh, at some point of day one, and people line everything up, and you go and vote on your favorite traitor and favorite loyalist army and uh the one with the most votes wins very nice and then you've got sportsman traitor loyalist which is nice to see them uh spread that way as well um and best general 
and the overall Kipper's prize, and that is the the combined uh, painting, sportsman, and game points. So it's a, yep. a nice spread of, of hobbying and a, a small amount of the sort of competitive play style in there um, to make it more or to make it a little bit interesting as well for people who like that sort of a game. So all in all, it's looking pretty solid there. I'm very much looking forward to uh, to the wrap up on that one. Um, yeah. Now there is there. I mean, before we go into the the super secret thing that we haven't mentioned yet, but is super secret and therefore we need to start building tension for it before we actually start talking about it in a minute or so. <laughs> is there anything else you want to sort of bring up or talk about in regard to the the Victoria Heresy scene as it stands now? Actually, what are your hopes for the Victoria Heresy scene? What are you looking to do? Just more than just running events have you got any any hopes beyond that uh i definitely do just before i get to that though i'm surprised you don't want want to toot your own horn and and say that we're we're using your faq at the event as well well you know we we like to toot our own horn but um it's it's also (laughs) polite as we have a guest on to give them first tooting privileges um so we, we allow you to toot and then we we will we will honk as well afterwards uh, but it's great to see right, that right. that's actually out there being used by other events. I know it's actually really well received around the community, so that, that's cool that it's going out there. Um, I love you guys for doing it. It just saves me a million, <laughs> lots of bookkeeping time and answering questions, so I, I really appreciate it. I would love... I, go on, Chris. Yeah, I was just going to say, we've got, we've got any FAQ. I would just um, begin a bit of apologize here because I haven't actually spell-checked it. <laughs> because I didn't write it. Okay, so but apart from the spelling, yay, because um, we can't guarantee. But again, well, big shout out to Freddie because he put that one together. That was yep. that's his his bag. But um, that's that's awesome to see that it's out there and that we're we get to help the community out and get to help tos out like yourself and making it making it work. Um, so that's pretty awesome. So come on, we, we've you, we've had a little bit of a, a toot there, a little bit of a honk. So um, what if, what more do you want to sort of say about uh, what you're doing? Um, well, basically, my I guess my focus from a TO perspective over the next, let's say, year is, you know, I want to uh, want to improve our terrain, get as much, you know, good solid terrain, fully painted, uh, getting more fat mats or FLG mats to put down on our tables, um, and trying to really grow the community from just, you know, locally here in Victoria and and up island. We um, at the Lanasea event. Uh, due to uh, uh, due to Michael and Tim giving me our event to shout out on um, the Eye of Horus, we actually got some guys from a Vancouver gaming group that came over for the event. Uh, two of the guys, and they have now spurred on a bunch of their buddies in Vancouver that are now coming to the Kippers event. So, you know, really growing growing the scene and trying to get more of a a wider spread of people coming up from, uh, you know, from there's a, a really easy um, ferry that goes from downtown Seattle to downtown Victoria. So we'd love to start getting some guys from Seattle coming up or from the Port Angeles area, you know, just start trying to, to spread out and, and get more people, new armies. Uh, every time, you know, we see new guys coming into the scene, it's they're bringing stuff that we've never played. Uh, I, I guess one of my, uh, my biggest regrets about Lanasee was we the two guys coming from Vancouver were playing on the loyalist side with me, so I didn't get to play them. But you know, <laughs> there were two armies that I was like, 
oh man, I'd I'd love to. You know, one guy was playing uh, was playing Solar Ox and Raven Guard, and like no one here in our in our scene is playing Cult Militia or Solar Ox. So you know, getting more people in, getting different flavors and different metas. That's it's really kind of my my goal is trying to uh, expand that. And I guess if I was going to have a, a personal goal other than to continue to slave away on getting all the unpainted resin that I have on my table painted um, would be to try to, uh, I guess, win the lottery so I can afford to make a 6 by 4 table of the new Armageddon terrain. Oh, that would be wonderful. That would, that would be pretty. <laughs> that would be very, very pretty. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Win the lottery, sell a couple of internal organs. You don't need, you know. Give yeah, up. if I if yeah. if that actually happens, I'll send you guys a table's worth of train too. You can. Yeah. It's on record now. It's on record, right? <laughs> We're holding. We got. I, yeah, I got to put this on some sort of flash drive that isn't going to get you know screwed up like yeah. the last computer. <laughs> so, as, as you all heard, if he's selling his organs, he will get get our get us train as well. No, 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 I said lottery. I didn't say selling <laughs> organs, Chris. And you I don't know how much you're going to get from my liver, so you uh, might get, like, one box set, maybe, if you're lucky. Wow, <laughs> you said it would have to be your organs. Oh, I see, I see, okay. Oh, wait. Uh, um, John West, watch out. Yeah, yeah, Chris, Chris, we've talked about this whole van idea again. You know, we, we, we said we were going to cool it for a bit. You know, just, just let's chill, let's enjoy and then we'll talk about the grab van and the kidneys again, okay? Um, but, uh, <laughs> sorry, yeah. It's, it sounds like a really solid plan just to get everybody involved, grow the scene, make it make it more, make it as much as you can. And um, you sound like you got a decent bloke there backing you up there with, uh, with Teo. Yeah, big shout out to my buddy Teo up in Nanaimo. I we just I, he just told me last night that potentially he is going to be moving down to Victoria for about a year, so oh, that sweet. will be awesome and just you know more gaming, more planning, hopefully some more events. Uh, we're definitely one of the other events we're trying to plan is do a full Zone Mortalis. No special characters, no Primark, do, using some of the book four character progression tables and, and doing an event like that. So, yeah, lots uh, lots to come uh, uh, from Victoria Heresy in the next year. I look forward to it, man. That sounds awesome. And, and now I think it's time that we went on to the thing we haven't really been hyping throughout the entire episode, but we're, we're going to do an immediate hype for the the awesomeness that is going to come very very soon at well i say soon in in the next few months you you have planned here um you've got a new project on the go haven't you i do yes so um, would you would you like to make and... maybe a a world world first news breaking announcement here on the, on the Varangian heresy podcast a uh, world exclusive announcement that would be I'd love that, to. then go for it my friend tell, tell us what you're working on yeah, so, um, you know, we've, uh, with Victoria Heresy and, and getting all this information out, we, me and my buddy Teo, have decided to uh, dip our toes into the podcasting game. So uh, hopefully by the late summer, early fall, um, the Boys of the Golden Throne podcast will be coming out to uh, talk about the local scene here and running events and, uh, you know, of course, talking shit and uh, just having a good time. Uh, we like, you know, making up crazy 
scenarios and doing funny skits and things like that. So, uh, you know, hopefully taking a bunch of all the podcasts that we love from various, you know, various places around the world, blending them together and adding our own little touch of Canadiana, West Coast Canadiana, and, uh, yeah, getting the word out about uh, more of the events and uh, stuff going on here. So you heard it here first, ladies and gentlemen, the boys of the Golden Throne podcast coming soon. So you're going to be stuck organizing some of the, the global heresy next year, my friend. You know it's going to happen now. You can't escape. Well, I, I need to get five out, right? That's the that's the limit that, <laughs> there, that I've heard. That, well, you know, we like to see we like to see people actually hanging around for a little bit and you know having a bit of fun, and then yeah, then we pull you in and you don't get out. No yeah, oh, leaving. That's... One of us. I would love to. I would love <laughs> well, to help. <laughs> at, at this rate, we might have to move the the global heresy to a weekly basis next year. This is true. <laughs> it may literally happen. So many. I, I I can't keep on top of it. Like I'm lucky enough that I can listen to podcasts at work, and it was actually funny for because there's so many. I listened to most of my podcasts at one point one and a half speed. So for I actually had to listen to your pod the last podcast regular speed because I'm so used to t- listening to you guys sped up. So it's it, it was a little weird talking to you guys today at regular <laughs> speed. <laughs> I know but there's the just so many. It's it's hard to to keep on top of them all. So yeah, you know, I, I I'm I'm very impressed by that because most of the time I still listen to them at normal speed. Um and it it yeah I I may have a huge backlog. Um, that I need to get through, but I have some time on my hands, and when I'm painting, I just—I I, will—I won't lie. I've been distracted by the Harry Dresden novel series again, um, so I, I started listening to all those, and there's like 15 books, and probably about half half as many in between novel novelettes and, and short stories and stuff. So then I, I've, I've recently looked at my podcast, my uh, podcast app, and gone. Ah oh, crap! Oh god! <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> uh, I know. Ah uh, oh, shit! <laughs> well, if you want a good laugh though, and if you got, if you want to go back and listen to like some of the, if some of the podcasts where you guys are talking about the the trigger subject eighth edition, and Freddie gets all worked up and starts talking fast, and then you listen to that at at one and a half speed, it's just like. It's it's a lot to take in all at once. <laughs> Very funny. Awesome. That that I may have to do just for the shits and giggles. Is just to listen <laughs> listen to Freddie at one and a half speed. Uh, that that in and of itself is worth doing. I mean, per- personally, I, I can't abide by one and a half speed. It just doesn't work for me. Um, but that's my thing. And but if it's if it's that good, I'm gonna do it because you know. We, we love you, Freddy. This is what happens when you're not around, man. <laughs> this is what happens when you're not around. Um, so and there's a that's a really good thing with having more podcasts around, and that's that there will there will always be that one podcast that you can get listening to if you don't like the other ones. Yeah. Because yeah. in the beginning there were basically two podcasts to listen to regarding 30k. Yeah. yeah. Imperial Truth and I of Horus. Yep. Yep. That was it for a long, long time. Yes, yeah. it was. And then look. Were what you guys happened. the third? Oh no, we were. Um, we were second in Sweden. We were the second <laughs> in Sweden by a week. God damn you, Jens. Yep. Um, <laughs> it's not a sore point at all. Uh, no, not at all. <laughs> <laughs> um, no, but the the uh, for sure the Age of Darkness was out before we were 
Um, yeah. And you had content going out on the Overlords and on uh, loaded uh, dice, bits, but they yes. were kind of bits of yeah. But they were for they were they, they were exclusive 40K. though. They were, they were exclusive. 40K protocols. I think I think we were in the top five maybe as as purely exclusive. Yeah. Uh, you know, could proper proper elitists. Um, and then you know it's it's been the year for podcasts. I think this year it's really sort of everybody's sort of gotten into it and gone for it, and uh, it's absolutely brilliant that that's happening. That's building up, which is why I absolutely love the fact that there's another one coming. And again, it sort of shows for me why we do these um, listener episodes because we get to show that there are people around the world who are involved in the hobby, and then hearing that they're going to be bringing more to the hobby as well. Not just locally, but actually bringing it out to the world. Absolutely legit. It makes it all that much more better. Um, so I'm, I'm absolutely stoked you guys are doing that. Well, uh, we'd, we'd love to have you guys on if you ever want, once we uh, get up and running. Oh, I, I'd be more than happy to do that. I, I'm, I'm sure Freddie would and Chris would. So, you know, you might get a Varangian invasion at some point, or <laughs> if, if nothing else, it gives you three Sounds episodes. Of, three, three. Oh yeah, uh, it gives you three. Epi- <laughs> it gives you three episodes of content, if nothing else. <laughs> Just you know, we can talk about how the knives in my back are doing and stuff like that. You know, we, we can we can work it all out. It's all fun. Um, <laughs> love you, Chris. Really do love you. You know that. Um, so yeah, I mean, I think I think that's a really perfect note to end it up on. Not obviously my knives being stuck in my back, but generally talking about a new podcast coming out. Um, so AJ, are there any shout-outs you want to give to anybody? Is there anything you want to sort of let the people know who are listening that haven't that you haven't told them already? You know, what what more can we do to help you pump up and push out the uh, Victorian heresy? Well, I guess, uh, you know, if you're a listener that's in the Victoria or Vancouver or Seattle or just Washington in general, Upper Washington, um, search for us on Facebook. It's uh, Victoria Heresy 30K Events. Uh, you can like us and get our uh, our updates for new events, upcoming events coming there. We also have uh, a, an Instagram account, which is under Victoria Heresy 30K. Um, like we said, we've got a couple more spots left with the 30, with the Kippers 30K event in October. So uh, you can go to the Victoria Heresy Facebook event or Facebook events and uh, look under events for more information there. And uh, you know, thanks, thanks a lot, guys, for having having me over or having me on. And uh, and it's uh, a real pri- privilege. <laughs> eventually having you on you can be you can be honest it's okay we 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 we, we can handle that we can handle that uh, no it's been an absolute pleasure having you on aj um it's great to see what what you're doing for your scene um to see that the the heresy is is spreading um and not in a not in a rogue sort of fungal way but in a really natural happy way which is good um and to see that people are just pushing the events and the style of events and heresy in their area as much as they possibly can uh, that's absolutely superb and uh, yeah um, anything you wanted to say Chris before we roll on out no I just want, wanted to say that it's been nice listening to this uh, interview because I've been ma- mainly passive but on the other hand that was the point of the interview not me talking this is true <laughs> this is true we, we do love to hear our guests talk uh, it helps yeah and I it's really interesting to hear from other parts of the, the world that you never or up until now, never hear from. Yep. Speak. This is true. I mean, you know. Well, hopefully, you'll hear more. 
I very much look forward to it. I think we all we're all going to look forward to it now that we know it's actually it's coming on. It's going to be on its way to us. So yep. um, if you just give us a rough idea, maybe we can put a countdown clock on our Facebook page, and you know, no, no pressure Ooh. or anything like that. No. So I mean, we don't we don't <laughs> want to do pressure, but you know, we 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 could make sure that it's uh, <laughs> that it's, it's you're kept honest. I think is the well. We, we yeah, we will be doing. It will start in the late summer, early fall. Uh, definitely by September. Um, most most of the guys here in town kind of things get a little bit quieter over the summer we do lots you know in here in bc lots of mountains camping nature to go ahead and explore it's one of my other big hobbies so uh i kind of duck out of the scene for a couple months over the summer and then uh get heavy back into it in the spring winter and fall when it's uh raining almost every single day here so you get a bit grizzly adams and go out there and have some fun and uh, come back and you know reacquaint myself with uh, modern technology and resin. Oh yeah, well I take a whole lot of podcasts and just think about <laughs> heresy when I'm in the woods by myself or with other people. But uh, but yes, I uh, kind of duck out for a little bit into nature and uh, and then back to the paintbrushes in in the fall. Sounds absolutely awesome. Well, that being the case, I can that say that that makes total sense to me. It uh, makes total sense <laughs> yeah. to me. Uh, so I can say most definitely with that. Then thank you very much for coming on, AJ. It's been an absolute blast. We look forward to hearing uh, from you again as a guest on the show from the Boys of the Golden Throne podcast when it hits our ears, and just hearing more about Victoria Heresy itself. So thank you very much for coming on, brother. Um, and thanks a lot, guys. And with that, we are going to head on out, and we will play play us out of this section with a tune chosen by AJ. And we will be right back with our wrap up after this. All I know. You really want to? This is all I know. You really want to get into it? I recommend a Steve with a headband. Like, <laughs> like she'll be like, ready, Steve.
Minneapolis. Next time you're in Minneapolis, Sunday, Monday night. Corey Wong on guitar, Michael Bland, Sonny T. It's so funky and it's low volume. Come on, yeah. And we're back. And thank you, AJ. Thank you very much. Uh, it's very, uh, very cool of you to come on and give us an update on, or an introduction, I should say, on the Victoria uh, heresy scene out there in British Columbia. It was great chatting to you. Had a lot of fun, and we are genuinely very much looking forward to the Boys in the Golden Throne podcast coming out. We seem to be having some sort of effect on people coming onto the show and then podcasts popping up. Although in, the, in this case, I'll, uh, AJ was kind of ahead of the game. Um, and it was already there, but um, we're not doing too bad on that front if you think about it, guys. Just saying. Um, so yeah, big shout out, thank you, AJ. And because uh, I can't remember if we actually asked Freddie at the beginning. Uh, did we ask Freddie the big uh, the question from AJ? Uh, no, no, we didn't. Okay, Do you, can you remember the question from AJ? Because we are talking about two similar uh, recordings. I do believe it was uh, something about events in the US. I'm also sh quite sure that it is on your Instagram as a question. Is it really? Is it? Yes, do I, it do is. Do I have to be that organised? <laughs> Fair enough. Well, this is very important because we did promise AJ, as you've all heard already, that we would actually ask Freddie. Um, it was a question, Freddie, about the events um, out in out in the states about which would be the right event to go to and for what reason you choose. Uh, so let me just bring it up because I want to do AJ the proper service. Uh, let's see here. So. Oh, so many comments now. So many comments. Do you want me to... No, no. Got it right here in front of me. Yeah. Uh, so if you could choose one event to go to next year, what would it be, Freddie? Would it be the LVO, Adepticon, or Stiff Camp? And why? Oh, Adepticon. Okay, what's your reasoning behind it, bud? Because uh, it's just so massive. And there's so many other things going on. And, and the best part is that all the guys that normally go to Stiff that now it goes to LVO, and everyone kind of gets together at the Adepticon. So, like, the road trip up with the TFL boys and shit was fun as fuck, and, like, all the guys that I met, basically, as stiff, they were up there as well, so... I don't know, it's just the uh, Adepticon is so big and massive. It's, it's one of those things that you have to have done. Cool. So, the answer is Adepticon, for sure. That's where you go. I'm, go I'm just going to do one thing here because I see the next question that we already talked about we're just going to do it again can you talk more about glaives and that's not really a question Jens we've already touched on glaives Jens we know <laughs> yeah, and, it's, your... and it's and it's not a question really no. well the, the, it, technically it is can we yes will we no um, <laughs> there we are so we answered yeah. the question <laughs> and uh, Given that it's actually posted on the internet, we really need to find more out more about Freddy's Tequila Race, but not tonight. No, that's going to be that's going to be on the next episode. We will hear all about that. Um, so yes, there's your answer, AJ. Hope it's all sorted for you, brother. Uh, now we are going to go into our wrap up, and we're going to take you through guys through some important information about what's going on in the Heresy community. I say it now because we're going to say it in a few minutes, but please, please stay on and listen to the update for the Scorpius Insurrection. It's very important that you do so. So let's start off with the global campaign, the second Golach. Golach. Oh, God. <coughs> Every time I say this, I feel like I'm clearing my throat. Uh, the second Golach War, which is uh, currently, where are we? Paradisium Mundi, uh, if I remember rightly. 
which is being run by the Loaded Dice Podcast. Is that right? Am I does fact check me here, Chris? Well, right? given that I just asked you who are running it. Yeah, but that was like a couple of minutes ago before we started recording. Dude, come on. And, and you did you did say the dice, so if it's not... I'm wrong? Yeah, okay, it's nothing to do with me. I can live with that. I can live with being wrong. I, I've been married twice now. And you would be damn glad to know that you were right in this case. <laughs> yeah. Yay, it's the first time for everything. Um, so it's going well. It does seem like it's... Uh, the traitors holding influence at the moment if I'm reading the numbers correctly uh, current current influence is uh, 3 to 8 in the traitors favour crack on team traitor so we can't let let it down on our month which is next month which is going to be all types of fun and we're, we're going to do a little primer episode for it for when it comes out uh, but we will save that for when it happens because that's an important thing um, we will get uh, JP to read it yeah, we'll do, get JP to do all the uh, the hard work and actually make it sound more dramatic than it is, and you know, make us sound cool because that's uh, that's why we love him so much. Um, so that's that's a very quick touch on the Oz 30k uh, global campaign. If you want to know what's going on, search the uh, search for Gullock War, Second Gullock War on Facebook. You can have a look through our Facebook page, and uh, you can always go into Oz 30k, which we highly recommend you do. Register your army, create your fluff and story and get involved in the global campaign. Um, then we have uh, our big event for the year, um, which is the Night Raffle. Freddie, do you want to do a quick run through of the Night Raffle? And do you, uh, want, to, do you want to give some updates on the Night Raffle? Oh, there's some updates. I, I thought I was going to save that for the TFL. Uh, oh, yeah, you are. Yeah, that because that's important. That's coming up, too. Yeah, well, we can mention that now. Saturday, the 24th <laughs> yeah. of June. Well, yeah. nicely, well, that's nicely done there, Chris. Six o'clock, CST, CST, isn't yeah. it? So yeah, you should definitely tune in to the TFL, and there will be some amazing, exciting news about the night raffle. And you know, not just to talk about that. If you are interested in, well, either donating and helping out with uh, finding a cure for DMD, or want to get a raffle tickets for the awesome night raffle that. Well, yeah, officially has three fully painted night houses, but it also might be some more stuff getting raffled away. That might be impressive as well. So, yeah, get in there, get involved, donate every single donation of 35 US dollars gets you a raffle ticket. And I can tell you right now, you want to get stocked on those fucking tickets because, oh my fucking God. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Hell yeah. <laughs> uh, just, just, just when you thought it couldn't get any better. It gets yeah. better, but we're not saying anything until Saturday for the telephone no. because that's an important time. Definitely, but e either or not, like either if you win or not, uh, all donations go straight to for to research, and it's for a good cause. So definitely get out there, get involved, get donating. You know, spread the word around, get other people involved, get other people to donate. Like so far, it's used to been like a massive, a massively good response from the community and. As you will see with the telethon, it's just everyone is getting behind this, and it's just like last year, but fucking even bigger. So let's make sure we raise even more money this year, because it all goes to the poor little kids that are sick. So. And that's the most important important thing at the end of the day is it goes to the people who need it, and it gets gets put to damn good use. So uh, yeah, throw some money in; it's definitely worth it. Uh, and if and... you're interested in actually hearing a bit about who will be on the telethon. 
here's the important one, and this is the Scorpius Insurrection. Now, this is the third uh, of the four events in our Varangian Heresy event series. And to say that behind the scenes the last couple of weeks, there's been some ups and downs and changes in regards to Scorpius um, due to a number of real-life circumstances that sort of gotten in our way to uh, make things happen where we'd originally planned. It's really a change of location. Nothing else is happening as far as the event is concerned, apart from it being as awesome, if not probably more awesome than it was. And <coughs> we are taking the event this year uh, from the Lund area, which was the original plan, and we're going to be taking it up to Stockholm, uh, to the home of the Hagvarian uh, betrayal and the and the burning of Skanders Prime. And Freddie, do you want to give us a couple of quick details about the place? Uh, yeah, well, basically, just like you said, well, more, you already said, it's the same place that we normally run uh, Scandus, and the same place we did run Agrarian uh, right now. Uh, ba ba basically, well, you already said, there's a couple of you know, stuff happening at work and personal life and stuff, so we had to kind of reschedule and change location, uh, and we had this one on call, so we had to just go, go with our backup plan. It's always good to have a backup plan. Because you know the heresy must flow, and yeah. Besides that, it's still going to be the same, same plan, same everything, same mission, same madness, same craziness. Two thousand five hundred points, three rounds the first day, two rounds the second day. Uh, the two rounds on the second day is going to be team rounds where you paired up Swiss draw with the same kind of player on your level, I should say, a level or your gaminess or points level or luck. Just to, or... just to find you someone who's going to have as much fun as you've been having. Yeah, exactly. And there will be heaps of normal Varangian shenanigans going on with <laughs> crazy stuff happening in missions. And who knows, there might be some dudes rocking up that needs to be pushed around the table that you don't know about. And then other things might happen. And crazy, yeah. crazy events in the evening. You're going to, you know, we're going to have a whole bundle of fun up there. Uh, but it's, it is important just to know that it's a change of location. The event's been updated on Facebook um, and everything's there. If you've got any questions, get in touch with us via Facebook. Yeah, uh, the, the cost is still the same. Uh, we'll make sure we provide the same copious amount of alcohol, probably to a little bit cheaper prices than the farm track, we hope. We hope. Well, it will be. <laughs> <laughs> but, but, yeah, so it, it's going to be awesome. And, you know, I'm sorry about, you know, last minute changes, but, you know, we will make sure that you will have the best time of your life. And if you just talk to the people that just came back from Hagvarian or went to Lincoln, that was not that long ago either. Then you just ask them, do we run kick-ass events? And they'll say, fuck yeah. Oh, yes. Yeah, people already started paying. And besides that, to uh, for for this event and for... For Scandis, well, I'm gonna do. We're gonna do an announcement about Scandis uh, later down the track. But at least for Scorpio, if you want to secure your spot, because I know I have, I've got heaps and heaps of PMs and emails and fucking SMSs from numbers I don't know, <laughs> asking about like, have the tickets released? Do we need to? If we pay now, are we secure the spot? And the answer is yes. Now is the time to pay. Just pay like madmen. Go in there. I'll actually toss out the account details on the Facebook page, either that or you Swiss, or you do a PayPal or whatever if you're overseas. I know Danes prefer to do PayPal, so they don't have to pay any fees. Uh, 
And you just do that as soon as possible because then I'll put you down on the list that you have paid and you have secured a spot at the event. Because uh, the, the thing that we have noticed uh, with Lincoln and with this event and especially with Scandis is that mm-hmm. after, there, there's so many bookings on Facebook and we fill up to capacity pretty fucking quickly. So just to be sure that it's not going to be a, a massive knife fight. <laughs> Who is going to be Monkey the last person on the, yeah, on the draw list? Just make sure you pay your name, double check with me, and that I put your name down on the list as paid, and I got the funds into our podcast account, and everything is good to go, and gold dust. Yeah. It also means I can start working on the swag and rent for the place. Which is always helpful, because we need to make Which sure Which is always helpful. Yeah, so it's going to be an awesome event. We look forward to having everybody there. And it's going to be an absolute blast. Um, so, yeah, all, it's all going to keep going. And we will put um, a further announcement out about uh, something that's going to be happening at Scorpius. Uh, just gives you, It's going to give you a bit of a summer project to work on. We're going to have a bit of fun with it all. Uh, but that will come out as a post on our Facebook page in the next couple of days. Uh, so you guys can have a look at that there. Um, so moving on from Scorpius... We have Heresy at the Nova Open, and that's going to be taking place at the uh, Nova Open between the 31st of August and the 3rd of September. Uh, this is run by the same guys who were doing Adepticon, if I remember rightly, Freddy. That's right. Kick-ass dudes to run kick-ass narrative events. So it's going to be a great a great event. I do believe that uh, Ryan and Michael from Radio Free is found it going, um, and it's going to be generally an awesome event. So there is that. Then we have uh, Tarsus 4, the taking of... Uh, I can never be bothered to read this because I always get it wrong. Uh, in September, the 23rd to 24th, and this is the Geno 5-2 boys uh, running an event that sold out within a cup a day of it being announced originally um, towards the beginning of the year. So I do believe they've probably got some form of... Um, you know, reserve list, but it's probably a very long list, but you never know. Get in touch, see what they can do for you. Um, and then after that, Chris, we've got an event that you need to read us through. Yeah, and that is uh, Harris in the Heartland 2. It's a 30k narrative event on the 24th of September. And since I managed to put it in, I'm actually going to read the email. And yeah. it's from Sean at the CST Initiative. And he uh, also for a shout out. And I'm going to read. The fluff here, and I'm, it won't be as good as JP. Sorry to say, nothing offensive, bro. Nobody's as good as JP. But it's gonna, it's gonna put it like this: with great beard comes great res- responsibility, and my beard is shit. After <laughs> 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 you, my friend. The the Warmaster att- Warmaster attempt to scour Brandicia Prime was halted by the valiant yet beleaguered loyalist forces led by the Imperial Fists. Despite being completely forced off world, the traitor battalion managed to hold the Heliopoclos, an orbital fortress station above the planet. Thus the loyalists were rendered incapable of mounting a tr- mounting transports and depart due to the threat of their detection by the station and likely destruction. Instead, they called for reinforcements and waited. This response came in the form of hundreds of traitor warships and cruisers arriving at the Mandeville point just out of system. As the face of death appeared to loom just above the horizon for loyalists trapped on Brindisia Prime, the traitor fleet continued past the planet on a course for Calicia, forge world of the Brindisia system. 
The war master had several objectives in place for the system, and the halt of imperial food supplies was but one. Hot on the tails of the treacherous brethren, a fleet emerged from the warp, headed by the, headed by the stoic iron hands. In lieu of assisting the entrenched loyalists on the prime world, they headed straight for Galicia and the massive traitor fleet. The new loyalists' forces attempted to co- attempted communications with the fourth world, Galicia, to no avail. Hundreds of dead servitors and minor magi, the unfortunate casualties of the close quarters fighting and ship-to-ship interdiction actions caused the already isolationist forge world to not accept hails from either force. Innocence truly was the first casualty of war. As both fleets engaged each each other in high orbit above Kalisa, the forge world's protectors and senior magi retreated deep underground to the inner sanctum. The sounds of dropouts impacting and stormbirds screeching through atmosphere, a prelude to the symphony of war about to unfold. And this is the second event in a series, so that's basically what happened last time. Awesome. And uh, now for more details, though, then. Uh, it's a three-round, 2,500-point two, 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 narrative event with room for 14, 14 players. There is also some mortalis table, so 1,000 points zone list from the same faction will also be needed. It's on the Sunday, September 24th, and the registration at 9.30 a.m. and dice roll at 10 a.m. Two and a half hour rounds, one hour lunch after the first round, ends at 7.30 p.m. And it's at Sparta Games in Omaha. And it's a $20 entry fee purchased through Sparta Games and email your list to seizureinitiativepodcast at gmail.com at least a week prior to the event. We're also working out a separate ticket that comes with a meal on the day. Nice. That sounds like a solid list, a solid event set up there. Um, I know Sean and Blaine do good work, so it's going to be really cool to see how it all folds out. And I love the the fluff writing there. So such a great way to set a scene on on an event coming up. Uh, I can't wait. It's going to be a blast. So maybe we'll have to drag Sean on and give us a give us a rundown of it afterwards. And uh, yeah. A nice, uh, a nice after-action report is required. Sure. Yeah, we always mm-hmm. like after-action we, reports. We want it in rap form as well. <laughs> Battle form. <laughs> Battle rap form. Yeah, fuck you. Battle rap form. That's where it's all at. So you mean you're actually gonna try to get on the telethon at midnight Texas time? Who me? Uh, maybe. <laughs> Not you. I'm oh, talking good. to Freddy because that's when Sean's on. Oh, uh, maybe I'll jump up and just, you know, do some freestyling. Drop some serious beats down. To yeah, be fair, it's yeah. like eight in the morning here, so. Well, uh, my kid's been up for like three hours, so I should be all right. Yeah, well, I, I might show up on that spot as well, so it could be fun. Uh, <laughs> we'll see what happens. So after after Heresy in the Heartland, then we have Scandus 2017. And Freddie, do you want to give us a quick run over on Scandus, buddy? Yep, Scanlet is going to be uh, the big one. It's uh, any Force Org, whatever you want. Uh, it's all, all, all comers, all do. Do a Leviathan, do an Onslaught, do a regular one if you want to. It doesn't really matter. 3,500 points per army uh, and also 1,000 points on Mortalis. It's going to be uh, uh, basically each day you'll play one big game and two Mortalis games. And it's going to be a two-day event and it's going to be a team event. And when I mean a team event, I don't mean like one or two players per team. I'm talking about one half of the group rocking up, so 
what we're looking at 20 players going to be loyalist players and 20 players going to be traders players and they're all be ducking it out and it's going to be the best team so we're going to see if last year the loyalist won and look on facebook do some searching you'll see the award ceremony uh, besides that we'll have heaps of stuff going on we'll have a, a night joust again because we might be having like 24 nights just randomly being there <laughs> for some odd reasons and maybe some other things oh yes uh yeah so we'll definitely do a night joust fuck people don't even need to bring that for the night joust <laughs> we can all, land all, one they, before. all they need to bring is angrons yeah all the angrons or or, uh, or a full grip if they want to you know get stepped on <laughs> No, but it's, it's going to be good. Like the layout is going to be basically uh, we'll have uh, a traitor loyalist fighting on the big table, 3,500 points each. There will be a somatalis table linked to each of the big tables. They'll do two somatalis games during each full length, what do we say, like four hours round of 3,500 points. And what happens on the somatalis will have effect on the big games. It all tied together, it all makes sense. I know people don't read the flavor hacks, but it will make sense to people rocking up at today because I'll write heaps of sheet sheets so people know what they're doing. And also I'll be running around and driving the story forward and we'll have some help with other people, uh, TOing tables and stuff, so to keep yes. this, the narrative flow. It's what we're here for. It's, we're gonna make it, it's gonna be an awesome event. And uh, I can't wait. It's gonna be absolutely baller. Yeah, fuck you. It is. It's going to be absolutely awesome sauce. Um, so, and yeah. obviously, we'll end it all with with the night raffle draw. Yeah, and the big the big boy, and we'll we'll sign it off in good style. Um, yeah. I do want to mention that there is uh, there is word of um, an Avarii event taking place sometime in October as well, uh, and there is another event which our uh, our brothers from uh, Don't Lose Your Head are looking at running. Chris, have you got the info there for that one? Uh, yep, it's the follow basically follow up on the last one they hosted. Uh huh. And it's the let's see if I get the right name. The Fate of Scaraburg. And it's on the the fourteenth of October. Mm-hmm. Uh, nine nine a.m. to eight p.m. And what lies buried beneath the Hive of Scaraburg? What endeavor could be so secret that the warriors of the Iron Tent neglected telling the authority of the Imperium, and in effect not telling the Emperor himself, about their joint research carried out with their newly liberated subservience? After a brief and bloody skirmish between the ragtag forces assembled to seize control of Scaraburg, the rebel forces of Horus emerged victorious. With the Hive in their control, they now control a vital control and supply point, but there are no why it was vital for the Loyalist forces to take it. New forces have been assembled, ready for a bloody attack on the Hive, in order to reclaim both honour and a, and a project clouded in mystery, with the hope of tipping the balance of power in their favour. Meanwhile, the traitors have not been idle, consolidating their hold on the city, reinforcing its defences and preparing for a counter-attack on this strategically important city. And, as they put it themselves, actually info. Uh, this would be a narrative event held in Hevde on October 14th, the weekend after Scandus. It will be held in conjunction with a gaming event called PewPewCon, which giving us ample space, access to stores, light food and accommodation. Uh, it's a one-day event divided into a, to a 2500 point regular game style of play and a 
point Cell Mortalis style game more in line with a Game Master type of play. You will have to sign up for either of these two types of games. A more detailed players pack will probably be up within a couple of weeks. Awesome. Sounds Very like a cool. lot of fun. I'm looking forward to seeing that, boys. Oh, and at the moment we plan to accommodate 20 players, 10 for the 2050 points event, and 10 for the 1250 point. Nice. So they're looking at uh, doing an even split between the two sizes of events. Yeah. That's pretty cool. I like the sound of it. So that's awesome. Uh, so that sort of rounds out our event shout-outs at the moment. Um, is there anything else we need to give a shout-out to, Chris or Freddie, that you can think of? Uh, no, we've done the Thales on, we've done, yeah, I think we've done everything. I think we're good. Yeah, uh, think okay, we well, if that's the case, then I'm going to say right now that it's a good night from me. And me. And me. And remember, guys, treat life like, uh, treat life like 30k, be angry on in the streets, be full grim in the sheets, and try not to lose your head. This is the Varangian Heresy Podcast, signing off. Let the bodies in the room.